You are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. Sorry, fish, fish broke you right at the beginning with his goddamn you? face. <laughs> you want to start that again? Fish is so, fish is so, no, it's fine, I don't mind. Uh, but we can. Uh, three, three, it's okay. I love, it. I'm actually happy that fish is in a good mood today. Um, uh, three, two, one. You are listening to the Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for making time out of your crazy life to listen to our crazy ass show. Remember, if you do what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our special VIP here. Uh, more on that later. <sighs> special show today. You know, the rise of the indie game and the gaming consciousness for many is attributed to the summer of arcade, 2008, 2009 and 2010 on Xbox. Games like Braid, Limbo, and Geometry Wars, Shadow Complex, Explosion Man, believe it or not, Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light, all mostly less than $20 and leaving a lasting impression on gamers everywhere. Uh, sorry, Shay will be upset if I don't mention Bastion as well, of course, um, in 2011, that's right. <laughs> uh, not necessarily the first indie games by, by any means, um, but maybe the most important. And hell, looking back over the past few years at Sword Chomp, our 2017 Game of the Year, Cuphead, and our 2018 Game of the Year, Into the Breach, were both actually indie games. So, but what does that distinction really mean anymore in today's gaming landscape? Indie games. Nintendo is even stealing the damn word and making it into their own fucking marketing thing. Nindies, right? Uh, now, <laughs> now the best place for smaller independent games is on the go with Nintendo on the Switch. The popularity of mainstream independent games is the topic of the show this week, and we will respond to your emails directly about the state of indie games in 2019. Uh, poll topics this week voted on by the at Swordchomp Instagram community will be discussed by our beloved panel include Mass Effect custom character uh, <laughs> versus the Cologne model default Shepard. Um, I got, that'll probably get a little heated. I can imagine getting lost in a sea of independent games. How do we find the really good ones? Nowadays, it's just so many, you know? Uh, Mass Effect 1 vs. 2. A lot of Mass Effect this week. I'll tell you why later. Apex Legends for freeloaders? And Halo Infinite. Microtransaction concerns. All that and more. Of course, anything else we're playing. A roundup. Uh, the back end. I'd say the peppered end. Or we'll catch up with it. As we were saying before the show. I know, it's a inside <laughs> joke. No one will get. That's the how buttered it's. up end, you know? Oh, the butter. Ooh, butter me up fish. Not yet. Mm, we nice can't introduce you yet. We got to no. get to our special guest oh. first. Um, sorry, sorry, just teased you. Uh, Paul Ford is here, and uh, he's part of the Sick Boy Lounge. Um, it was a fantastic show, <laughs> and I'm introducing him right now because uh, he's going to be our special guest today. How are you doing, Paul? Hey, how's it going, guys? I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. We appreciate you. Um, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you coming on the show. I appreciate you coming on here to get. I appreciate all of you guys. Have oh, some conversations. Yeah. Get hard off all this appreciation. Oh, yeah. Let's appreciate. <laughs> Let's just appreciate each other. Um, naked. No, I'm glad you're here, Paul. And uh, you do. It'll trick you. You normally do a live show, right? At the Sick Boy Lounge? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I, um, it, it's really, it's kind of a long story as to how it evolved into a live show. Um, it, initially I started just as, uh, another game streamer, to be honest with you, just streaming on Twitch, playing a random assortment of games and just not really figuring out what I wanted to do content wise. And then I just really started getting into podcasting 
and I didn't want to let the following I had built up until that point fall like to the wayside. So I just took advantage of the platform and decided to host the show live that way. Yeah, I think that's smart. Kind of transition over and yeah, that, evolve that is... as a creator. There you go. That's yeah, 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 cool. exactly. Well, that's cool. And yeah, yeah, so you have a love for doing what we do as well and having some deep, insightful gaming conversations, I know, from your show. That's kind of what you're into, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll let you introduce the topic later because you did inspire it, the whole indie thing. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us, Paul. Uh, of course, let's get to some other introductions here. The usual crew, Sword Chomp. Uh, Anthony Fisher is here, but we just call him Fish, a.k.a. the Filipino Johnny Depp. Um, sorry, it's going to be a little bit of an awkward transition, Paul, our guest, because I just saw you vaping before the show started. Fish has really been hammering at home the last couple of days how difficult it's been for him to quit vaping. Um, oh, I, literally, I literally quit yesterday. It's, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's very fresh. So, but yeah, he's know. a year. He's been vaping for years, and he's feeling the nicotine. He's feeling it. Ah, okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's um, it's a it's a rough transition. I, I transitioned from traditional cigarettes into this, and am using it as like a weaning method, more or less. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As at some point, at the end of this journey, I'll be strictly on um, just non nicotine type oils and things like that. So, quitting. Quitting any kind of vice like that, I think, is, is just difficult. So I feel you, man. I definitely feel you there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. It is tough. So Fish uh, seems a little down today, not his normal perky self. Um, but he's, he's just going through withdrawals. You know, you'd think he was, uh, you'd think he was quitting meth or something. <laughs> um, he did. I, it was funny. I was giving shit, uh, Fish some shit yesterday um, because he was making, just because, you know, that's what an asshole of a friend I am. I was giving him shit. Because uh, he was trying to quit and he was being all dramatic about it, and I was just like, "Suck it up, man! Just quit. It's whatever. I quit. I was vaping all the time. I fucking quit like nothing." Uh, so he sent me this. Don't even fucking bother, you piece of fucking shit. I can't even support your best friend and making his life better. Fuck off. <laughs> Good job, fish. Okay, well, Way to stick up for yourself. Okay. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> no, I had to send the most sarcastic thing, but like make it so believable. Like I, I hope I left enough sarcasm in there no, no. for Morgan to catch and i he did, I'm sure, because he just laughed the entire time. I know when fish is actually emojis. mad, he just won't talk to me for a couple of days. That's why afterwards I'd be like, Fish, I was just joking. Fish, are you there? Everything's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah. Um Fish, yeah. I'm sorry about the LaCroix incident of last week. Please pick up. <laughs> the LaCroix incident of 2019. Uh-huh. Scarred me. Um, anyways, so yeah, glad you're here, Fish, and uh, that saga. You know, if, if you have to vape, look, if you have to vape on camera, um, Paul, you know, just it's going to tease Fish. So maybe just hide it a little bit. He's going to get excited when he sees it. No. Uh, He's like, uh, I'll, I'll do, do my best to be, uh, to be respectful of your plight there, Fish. No, 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 no. Blow it right in his you face. Vape. Right in his <laughs> webcam face. Right into the camera for me. Come to find out Paul has like three backup vapes. He's going to bring all four of them to his mouth Who at told the same you? time on camera. <laughs> <laughs> he's doubling it just double fisting it uh so thanks for being here fish uh shay layton is here the professor from japan um shay i d- didn't mean to ruin your surprise a little bit this morning i was just joking last night i was talking to shay i was like man when are you gonna catch up on days gone because i had somebody asking me about that the other day and you're like the zombie guy here and he's like hey what did you tell me shay 
I was like, dude, what the fuck? I was going to play it on stream randomly uh, this morning for you guys last night for me as a kind of a surprise. Uh, I decided yesterday morning, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Days Gone. And uh, Morgan's going to finally stop pestering me about it. But no, I got I got to it finally. It was cool. This week's been really good for gaming. I've got so much gaming in. And it's nice, and I have to go back to work tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week. So I'm not looking forward to that, but I've got a ton of gaming in. It's been really oh, nice. Oh, yeah, because you've been off for, yeah, that's right, school starts again, huh? Yeah, I know. Like, dude, I got to go to the retro gaming store, the video game video game museum bar. Um, I got to go, I, I mean, I've been streaming a lot this week. I've got to play a ton of video games, so it's been a good week, man. I don't want to go back to work. Yeah, that's true. Getting a lot done. A lot yeah. going on in the Twitch and the Twitter, and now we'll have some Days Gone impressions for you in the show, so that should be fun. Um, here's your 10-second teaser. Are you liking it more or less than you anticipate? Give me a 10-second teaser without spoiling too much. How about that? Radio teaser. So far, so good. Okay. All right. Put that on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> <It's super laughs> like we'll delve into it later on. I know we'll delve into it later on. So. Yeah, when you broke fish with your teaser, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> you did. It was just like a quick bark. So far, so good. You'll like it. A quick bark. Enjoy. I like it. <laughs> he's like, he's all right. Hey, you know. I feel like uh, I feel like you should have used that full ten seconds that you know Morgan gave you, but. Well, you said wow. ten seconds or less. It's like at the grocery line. Um, mm-hmm. If it oh, says ten yeah. items or less, yeah. you could bring just like a single condom wrapper and buy that. Uh-huh. Just the wrapper. Just, yeah, just, just the wrapper. No condom actually. Yeah, right? You're gonna have to pay for it. So <laughs> he's not trying to buy it. He just wants to brag to the the person on <laughs> you know, the counter. Hey, oh, extra small, huh? You gonna be using that tonight? Oh, sorry. I meant this one. This Magnum condom for my Magnum dong. <laughs> Dude, seriously, my wife was giving me shit last night because I was like, I don't like the term beat your guts. And she's like, that's just because you don't beat any guts. You don't get anywhere near those guts. <laughs> like, no, I just don't like the term. I just don't like the idea of like like a fucking, like, what's that thing called that you got? This looks like an idiot because my brain's not working. Like when you're like mixing, like a cake mixer. I just imagine like a cake mixer, but it's a penis. And instead of cake, it's guts. Hmm. So that's kind of when I, people say beat those guts. Or rearrange you're, those guts. You're, you're, you're like, well... You're right, honey, but that's not what we were talking about. Let's try and stay on topic here. <laughs> uh, so I love my wife. Uh, Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan, the one and only Jimmy Russell. Josh, are you going to be? Are you on my side? Beating on- those guts. <laughs> Josh has been no. Oh, I don't. Joshua Fowler, here. are you going to be beating those guts today? What are you going to do now, uh, Josh? Are you going to be on? Our- are you going to be on my side in the Shepherd debate? Are you on the customs side of the Shepherd debate? Are you on the default side? I am on the custom side there. Like, the second and third games actually had a couple of the, not default default, but, like, preset ones that were not terrible. But, uh, like, that first game, none of them were really all that good. Um, and so I already locked myself into... Uh, 
Did you go having you it fully Shepard, customized? Right? Yeah, yeah. Fem Shepard was the better Shepard. I think that gets lost when I make fun of the generic looking Shepard. Mm -hmm. Is that the female Shepard was actually really cool looking and really much better voice. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, amazing voice acting for uh, for Fem Shepard. Get that heated. Also, but Josh, the... I'm working on. Uh... Sword chomp salsa, or yeah, a sword chomp hot sauce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting yeah, serious get about done. it. I'm serious. I'm getting serious. Paul, would you buy sword chomp hot sauce? Is that oh, in a heartbeat. What's the price <laughs> yeah. range? What's a yeah, absolutely. Price? Um, let's see. The price range. I'm I'm imagining a very complex blend of ingredients and spices. So I would pay anywhere between ten fifteen dollars a bottle. To be honest with you, that's okay. including shipping. Oh, okay. It's almost like the champagne of hot sauce. <laughs> hey, you know, there's a, uh, a I've I, I developed a, a, a quite a high taste for hot sauces. There's a, a company back where I'm from in Houston called uh, Bravado Spice Company, and they do these amazing spice blends of their hot sauces and stuff. It's just exquisite. Mm. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yep. <laughs> Be before we move on here, I, I really was, want I was, some hot sauce. Yeah, no, that sounds... Actually, I just All had a sudden, bunch. I really want a banana and hot mm. sauce right now. Oh, Dude. weird. <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. Is it gonna, now that we do that fucked up thing where we eat a banana with hot sauce, like, do you have that weird thing going on with your brain now, Fish, where you see a banana and you want hot sauce, you see hot sauce, you want a banana? Yeah, it's, it's like it's the twist. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's something weird. It's just like, like, I feel it, like, in my loins almost. Mm. Like, it starts there and, like, I get real horny, I guess. I don't know. Is How like are you bird? getting this banana into yourself? <laughs> <laughs> what? I see what you did there. Hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Huh. But, Josh, you, you, what were you, you saying gotta, now? You, got, you have to make love to that banana whenever it's hot sauce. Sorry. Mm. Now, that's something patrons will pay for. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. Maybe we'll package it with... Uh, like a twenty dollars Skype and you get a hot sauce or something. Mm. <laughs> a Skype and a hot sauce for thirty dollars. There you go. Um, let's change for forty dollars. You can watch fish seductively eat it. <laughs> Shit. Mm. That seems more like a uh, OnlyFans thing. Yeah, there are worse things to pay. For. Um, <laughs> right. Um, I of course in general mountain time here in Montana. I'm sorry, Josh. You said that uh, there's something before we go on. Oh here, yeah, yeah. On. I was just. Since since we were talking about the uh, summer of arcade arcade summer, uh, summer of arcade right summer of yeah summer of arcade those yeah. original indie anyway. Xbox summers yeah yeah I'm just I'm confused why exactly it's 2008 2009 and 2010 I <laughs> you, get, you get too lazy to say 2000 a third time there I did I just it, it just didn't feel right to me hmm. I thought I was like. I actually thought about it for a second, too. If you go back and listen, you can hear me thinking about it, like, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I wanted to say, and I stuck All right. Um, I've I made the commitment there, Josh. I All right. Yeah. That decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, anyways, that's I don't know, a nice transition to our topic of the show as well. Um but yeah, this is a topic that uh, Paul brought to me this week about, uh, I'll let you introduce it, but it was um, basically, my understanding was the idea of the just the mainstream popularity of uh, independent games now, right? Yeah, yeah. It seems to be something that's really becoming more uh, relevant as as we start to move forward here in, in these next few years. I actually had a uh, an indie developer on on my show a few weeks ago, and she was able to provide some some very great insight on on that side of the industry um 
Elgato Games, who just released a, a uh, narrative-driven, episodic, as they call it, like a sitcom type of game. It's called Elo Hell, uh, mm-hmm. very much based around the esports genre and, and things of that nature. And um, it just seemed really interesting to me because as we've gone into this time, it seems that, and, and I credit the internet for one thing, for the rise in popularity, because it's given them a more direct path of distribution, if that makes sense. Um, Physical copies are easily a thing of the past now, and that kind of takes away the hassle of publishing in a way. So they've, you know, they've been able to distribute their games directly to the consumer. And so anyone that has any kind of skill set with Unreal or Unity or any of these free free to download uh, game engines can design a game and sell it on Steam or, or I don't know what how it works with the Epic Game Stores right now, but you know you can you have this massive platform that you can sell these games on now. So the indie developer has almost kind of been given a advantage in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, especially now with Nintendo jumping on board. I mean, the Switch being so popular, take it on the go. Like they've they've basically really popularized the idea of the indie game uh, on the Switch, which is just such a, a smart move for them um oh yeah even with the cute name nindies josh how do you i mean this is a good way to throw it off to you first i know you're the indie guy of the show i guess i know you're gonna be sick of that label at some point we'll have to kill that label because at some point the indie label might not mean anything really anymore because you know everything kind of blurs to get it's blurring more but how do you feel about you know where we came from as opposed to where we are now in the independent scene and and what he was kind of uh, alluding to paul was alluding to um, I do think we're in kind of a a good era for for indie games. We've got um like a few of the larger names have kind of ended up being followed, kind of like you know an auteur filmmaker or something, where you'll have mm-hmm. something that a group of people will latch onto, and then you know you can follow them around and see what else they make, which is an interesting thing and. Uh, something that I don't feel like we got a lot of with the larger gaming companies, just being able to follow an individual creator in in the same way. There were there were a few names that would like stand out, but a lot of times when the companies were too big, you just you didn't feel as much of a like a personal connection to how the games are being made, uh, mm-hmm. which is. I think a plus and a minus as far as, you know, the creator's own sanity there having, you know, their own name directly attached to. Yeah. To well, like games. the poor, the, the poor Fez guy. Yeah. That kind of, you know. Yeah. It probably makes it a whole lot harder to compartmentalize when people are talking to you directly instead of, you know, the studio making the game with all their complaints or something. So yeah, yeah um, Bill Fish. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He but, was the face and the name of that game, and then he kind of and sort of imploded with it there. Um, whenever you know, he didn't really do anything wrong. It was just he was the face of that game, and um, yeah. it became a lot for various reasons. So yeah, but I, it's it, tough. Uh, but, but other than that, like I, I, I personally like being able to follow a creator like that and and see where they go and um kind of see how the ideas evolve from one game to the next uh is really fun 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Shay, um, how how do you feel about the... I mean, you, you also obviously love uh, and dabble in quite a few independent games as well. Mostly a lot of the ones that we can steal from Josh on his Steam account. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so how do you... Um, how do you feel about the popularity of independent games now? I'm I'm really happy that they've become more popular because this allows for obviously as you guys have already kind of discussed that it allows for more developers to kind of be in the spotlight for a moment and it allows for these creative ideas, you know, there there are I feel a lot of wonderful things happening happening in AAA titles. I also feel that there are times in those AAA titles where maybe they're not trying to break any barriers like they used to 20, 30 years ago because there's a certain level of polish that they're expected to keep in those games. So the where they go with it, how weird they can get, is kind of, I would say, impinged in a way. So I feel like indie games are a kind of a Wild West in a way. They get to do whatever they want, and either people will like them or they won't. I mean, I was watching a streamer the other day play play the game I Am Bread. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. You're literally a piece of bread in different levels, and you're trying to toast yourself. And it's, <laughs> it's such a simple concept. It sounds, and it sounds ridiculous and stupid, but... Uh, in certain in certain ways in certain areas it can be a very effective game and watching a streamer play it gave me a lot more appreciation for the game than i would have had i probably been playing it on my own i love seeing that there there are more creative outlets now and there are more indie developers out there being able to make games that they want to make exactly the way they want to make them it's kind of like i relate it to you know, a major record label artist versus an indie artist or a self-produced artist. You know, you you have the major record label. There's going to be a great level of polish. There's going to be a great level of advertisement, generally. Uh, there's going to be some grandiose tours that are going on, and you're going to be somewhat funded for that as a major record label artist. But you don't get the creative freedom that you would unless you are independent, you're indie, you're self-producing it on your own. And I feel like it's very, very similar, if not almost the exact same in a lot of regards when it comes to making your own game. So I mm. I love it, and I love the fact that there are more and more popping up. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Fish, I mean, you're on record, of course. Uh, you hate independent games, and you hate creative freedom. <laughs> Um, whoa, whoa, I just, could whoa, you please whoa. explain your stance? False oh, allegations here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what do you feel like? I mean, we're kind of, I'm trying to find interesting ways to tackle this without circling the same ideas. Um, but right, like, right. what is your input on this sort of conversation, Fish? Um, I agreed with Shay, like hearing about, like seeing the degree, the success that these indie developers are uh, getting is awesome. And the fact that, you know, it, it the support from the fans just shows that, you know, the indie scene actually belongs in the gaming company, you know, in the big industry of gaming. Like, um, you know, 
it, when you first when the indie games first started uh, up on the scene, like it felt like, you know, to me it felt like something like, oh, this is just going to be kind of a niche thing. It's not really going to get big, you know, down the road, or it's just something that's probably going to, you know, be a fad for maybe a year or so. This indie, you know, tag on these games and these uh, games that are created by, you know small developers and mm-hmm. like that, that that's something you can look at and just be like eh, that that might might not work you know but um you know little did you know like nearly 10 10 years ago since that label came out or 10 plus really um after that you know what was so. the first uh indip- like indie game you remember you did you have the summer of arcade did you jump on any of yeah. those original what was yeah. the first one you remember jumping on i think it was braid that Braid, I jumped okay. on, yeah, yeah, Braid, and then Limbo were the two games, and both games yeah. like just blew my mind. You know, coming from you know, it, it, they were they just felt like a very different game back then. Like I, I was so used to playing like Halo Three and Gears of War, like these highly polished games, and like playing those games, like they had like this nice charm and uniqueness to it that you know, to me, it had like a lasting effect on me. And like that was my first encounter with like these indie games was man, these games, like, have a lot of personality, and I think the fact that it's, you know, a small creator gives these games, like, it, it, it almost just translates one-to-one, you know, they're not a big team all collectively agreeing upon something to put in the game, it's just, it's one guy trying to put something out there, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. he puts everything well, on the line. Yeah, and I, I would like to know what you think about uh, this angle as well, too, Paul, because I, I was thinking a lot about this, and the thing I think is interesting the most about indie games, even going back to Limbo, I could take Limbo and Cuphead as as just specific examples, even in the beginning, like, they were able to throw so much behind certain elements of the production that, like, Limbo was a stunning art, uh, art achievement in art direction at the time. Um, even even back in those early days, even being sold for less than 20 bucks. And then Cuphead as well, you know, we obviously all love that game a lot, but that had a, such a unique and stunning art style that people were going to talk about for years and years to come, probably. Because if anyone even tries it, people just say they're trying to be Cuphead now at that point. But those were still independent games, still very affordable. And like, so a lot of these games are finding ways to still blur the line of like having an element to them that is AAA. Like, there's nothing about Cuphead's art direction that doesn't feel AAA to me still an mm-hmm. independent game right same with limbo at the time to a degree it was a short game it was only like josh beat it in like two hours or something but the polish and the craft of the art direction felt of that caliber to me so like um i feel like that line just seems to be blurring more and more like i don't even really think of cuphead as an independent game until i stop and think about it and i go yeah of course it was you know it's, yeah it's an indie game right but right. like i didn't but like i just feel like that line's blurring so much for me now how, how do you feel about that I definitely think the line is blurring and I feel that a lot of that credit goes to the smaller teams that are behind these games because they're not under the same pressures that say a AAA studio is going to be under that has, you know, so many different executives and studio heads constantly breathing down the necks of the actual artists and creators that are doing the level design, character design, world design, all those kind of things that go into the development of an entire video game. So when you have yeah. a team of like three, five, maybe eight to 10 people that are working on a project, the line of communication is going to be much more profound. So people are able to discuss ideas and direction for a game much more clearer than say a team of like a hundred. Uh-huh. And that allows them kind of 
falling back on what Shay was talking about earlier about the the artistic freedom that a lot of these teams are then rewarded because of the smaller size of their team and the smaller size of their company. Um, you know, you want to talk about art and art style and things like that. One game that I keep returning to even eight years later down the line is uh, Scott Studios' Charlie Murder, which is this really awesome action RPG beat-em-up style game that's very uh, heavy metal punk theme, so, you know, falls right in line with my interests. But uh-huh. it's got this very gorgeous hand-drawn animation uh, similar to other games like uh, Jotun from Thunder Lotus, uh, same studio that made Sundered. Um, you know, I could probably list off a, a few different ones, but these are smaller teams that were able to devote as much time as they wanted to the art, the style, and the quality of their project so much that it just came out to be something that people kind of like what you were saying, like you don't immediately recognize it as an indie title until you actually sit down and think about this is a team that's easily a fourth the size of what made, say, you know, Halo or Gears of War, like what Fish was just talking about. So it's, it's very unique because for one thing, the technology is there. People have access to the technology to make very polished games if they want. Um, kind of like what I was talking about earlier with Unreal and Unity, you can download those programs for free and start working on your game. When you don't have the pressures of a AAA studio, you, I mean, the the sky is the limit at that point, really. Look, Paul, I I have Ma- a Mario Maker too. I am an independent developer <laughs> at this point. Okay, I I make hundreds of people are enjoying my independent. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's true. I was just looking up Charlie Murder because, weirdly enough, I wasn't super familiar with it. But is this sort of like street, a punk version of Streets of Rage kind of a thing? Basically, yeah. Yeah, okay. with RPG elements to it. You can actually level up your character, and there's character progression. You can mm-hmm. buy these different items that give you buffs and different things like that to your different abilities. You can have different abilities that you can unlock through the game. So it's very unique in that space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was I was actually getting nostalgic looking through a bunch of these older Xbox Live Arcade <laughs> games. I was like, I have a fun game that we can play in a little bit, but I'm not going to do that right this second. Um, I want to throw this question around to you guys. I think that's a good transition there, uh, Paul. So I'm going to start throwing this. Uh, I'll start with you, Shay. One of the, along this topic, it inspired sort of a question that I threw to our Instagram audience, which, by the way, every Monday night, um, you'll see polls appear on the at Swordchomp Instagram page. And if you vote on those, we'll usually discuss them on the podcast. Um, so you can be a part of the show, hopefully. And if you make a terrible decision with your vote, we can yell at you. Um, <laughs> but, but this is interesting because 65% of our audience said that the uh, independent game scene, the oversaturation of it has made it more difficult to find the quote unquote good independent games. Now that's not a slight against those products. It just means that there's so many of them now that they feel like it's difficult to find. Back in the Xbox Live Arcade days I was joking about, there was five that you knew about. And they were highlighted by the main store, a different era, is all I'm trying to say. So, And generally people felt like, yeah, it's just a little overwhelming. I go to Steam and it's just like, good God, there's 80,000 games I've never heard of. Um, Shay, how do you feel about the, the voting there and, and that question in general? Do you about mean the, like voting for what games are good or not? Um, the, the, I'll phrase the exact question to you. I said, has the oversaturation of the independent game market made it more difficult to find the good ones and 65 percent of the audience said yes no i don't i don't agree with that at all uh because there are a lot of games that are highlighted by places like steam or playstation or xbox or switch that kind of give you 
the ability to decide which games would suit your needs or not. You know, it's kind of like Netflix, where they have recommendations. Well, if you like this game, you might like this game. And mm-hmm. that that definitely suits me, because if I'm buying an indie game and I love it, and then then they recommend another game I might like, chances are I'm probably going to like it, you know? And for me, how I personally try and find indie games is I always go through the sales, and I look at everything. I really do. I, I mean, I just, I go and I see, I look at the name. The name's interesting. Um, generally, I'll go in and look at the the screen grab or the screenshot, whatever they choose for for their title screen. And if that looks interesting, then I'll pop in and I'll watch some footage. And that's a really good way for me to discover a lot of games is looking at those sales. And I've found that I've discovered plenty of wonderful indie games that way and i'm sure i've missed some some have slipped through the cracks but that's okay i mean like i'll figure out i'll figure out the ones that i've missed that i would play play that i would like to play sooner or later and i can always go back and play those and the last thing i'd say is word of mouth is such a huge thing nowadays especially if you're involved or active at all on social media that you're going to hear about these games you know, like I I heard about this Kickstarter that I told you guys about like a few months ago through Twitter. Had I not been active on Twitter, I would have never heard about it. And that's how you know like word of mouth is so powerful for the indie market now. And it's it's cool cuz you're seeing more and more people kind of discuss these indie games as some of their favorite games. So, I I don't believe that at all. I think it's easier than ever to discover new indie games. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the reason people are overwhelmed now is because they realize it's there. Um, there was a ton to play of indie games before the Summer of Arcade that was harder to find. I mean, you had basically all of Newgrounds, of Congregate, of all these all yep. these different flash platforms that had a few gems i mean you had the original meat boy on there before super meat boy it still played extremely well for a flash game on there like there was amazing mm-hmm. stuff being made that nobody knew about it just and i think because no one knew about them they 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 just there was no processing power to you know like you don't know you're missing out cuz you just you don't know there's a thing there at all. Um, so yeah, now, <laughs> so, now people now they're are aware, aware they're yeah. missing out on stuff. So, hey, ignorance is bliss, Josh. Yeah. I don't like to know about all this shit. Come yeah. On. yeah. It's yeah I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you're not going to over- play all the good indie games, but now you, you recognize, man, I'm probably missing a ton of good indie games. Sort yeah. of like, you know, trying to catch up on, you know, all the good TV shows or all the good movies oh, that God. comes out. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's so much of it. It's, you're going to have to use, like Shay was saying, just word of mouth to just, just pick and choose. Like, what am I even going to play? Like, what do I have time to, to, to yeah, actually it's, it's such get a, around to? It's such a first world problem to be like, oh, I can't decide which indie game I want to play. Because it's, in a way, and I'm not trying to single anyone out, but it kind of is like a first world problem. Because you're like, oh, now I have more choices? Oh, fuck. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. You know, it's it's like the, kind of the same thing with like thirty one normal... flavors. 
Who do you think I am? Right. I only wanted 30. But like it's kind of like the normalization now of anime is it's becoming more and more popular in Western cultures. Is people are like, oh, there's so much for me to watch. I'll never catch up. It's like, bitch, you have so much shit at your fingertips <laughs> that, like, how could you possibly complain? Ten years ago, I had a hard time deciding, you know, what I wanted to watch because I felt overwhelmed. Now, it's even worse, but that's a good problem to yeah. have. It's like, and you, and you don't have I'm to find like, be you know, because there's so much content in the world. There's so yeah. many people that have a voice now because of uh, social media and internet now that literally anyone, if they want to spend the time, can make what they want to make. If they have yeah. the motivation, the dedication, and the imagination and the skills, they can make whatever they want to make. And that's cool. That's a really cool thing to have. And it's awesome that we have such a large selection because then, like, even on this podcast or on the sick boy lounge in some ways, like we could all play vastly different things and come back the next week and be like, dude, I just played this awesome game. Have you guys ever heard of it? And you guys are going to be like, no, what's that? And then we can sit there and discuss it. And that's kind of the whole, the whole focal point of this podcast, you know, is being able to do yeah. that. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm not a big stickler for spoilers. Because if I can get the enjoyment out of it that someone else just had, uh-huh. maybe I can go play something else. Like, you know, like there's so much to play. <laughs> like, oh, maybe let this like one care. slide. Like, if someone... vicariously living through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's even the beauty of like Twitch. That. You know, it's like, oh, shit, I don't have time mm-hmm. to dump 40 hours and a day's gone. Why don't I just go watch someone else play it for a few hours while I'm at work or while I'm working on my own stuff? I'll just glance and watch. And I yeah. feel like I've had that a somewhat similar experience. I can live vicariously through them. Yeah, I think for me, like, I agree with you guys. I think it's sort of an illusion. Not that I think our audience is wrong. I think that it's kind of an illusion. It's just, yeah, there's so much now that it seems like it's yeah. trickier to find the... Re- because there's so many people saying this game is really good. You should check it out. But there's you look and you see 15, 20 really good games, and you're like, I don't know which ones are the best, but it's like, yeah, that's just the way it is. There's just a lot of really good stuff, and you're not really going to know what's going to connect with you unless you try it, and that's overwhelming. Like, um, I'm... Katana Zero, for example, I don't really have the... I don't dig into the indie scene as much as, uh, like, Josh does, per se. But I still do, and, like, Katana Zero is one from this year that I really enjoyed, because I... The comparisons were to Hotline Miami, which I loved, and I saw a lot of... Uh, I heard the music, and I, I knew enough about it from what I read that I knew it was going to be for me, and it was. And it was great, right? So, yeah, the resources are out there to uh, to make those decisions, I think. You just kind of have to really be comfortable with your taste and try to find out who's making a game if you can like when inside came out if you know hey this is play dead they Mm -hmm. made limbo and they're probably going to beat you over the head with that while they're doing it it's going to be easier to find that shit um but i think the ones that connect with me the most are the ones that still feel like triple a games but let me talk about blurring the line right as we kind of uh summarize this sort of topics i think this is an interesting thing to talk about that's kind of why the people at Hello Games and No Man's Sky got in trouble, is because they were only a 12-person team, Sony pulled them under their wing, and now they were basically making this giant game for a mass amount of people, and they were a small independent studio, and they kind of put their foot in their mouth in a couple of cases, especially when it came to marketing, right? Um, and then I think of the games that I really love, like Cuphead, which 
felt like a triple A game to me to some degree. Um, or yeah. even inside, you know, which it's a short game, but the polish is insane. Like no part of that. Do I feel when I'm playing that, I don't feel like any part of the game skimps on quality from the art to the sound design to the, uh, narrative structure, you know, the puzzle design, I don't feel like it yeah. skimps on the, so like, those are the ones that connect the most with me when I feel like it's an independent game and they had their artistic freedom, but either through their financial resources or their creative ability, they made it feel like a triple a quality game and i think those ones are really special and cool they don't all have to be that way i'm not saying they'll have to be that way but i think those ones are really cool when they do come around um and things like in go ahead paul Reese. i'm sorry I didn't want to hear. yeah yeah no i was gonna say i i completely agree with your point i i definitely feel the same way when i discovered dead cells you know and mm-hmm. yeah uh, with the music and the way that the the dynamic play style of that game were no one level plays the same as when you previously played it and you have this roguelite element where you die and then you start all the way over and then you get a completely different play experience even though you're playing the same game. So it there are elements there that feel more polished and, and AAA-like, but then you look at the art style and it has that pixelated 2D platformer type of quality to it that's very nostalgic, kind of a throwback to you know the old uh, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo days with those types of games and so there's it's it's kind of blurring that line too where it's it still kind of looks and feels like an indie game but it plays much more polished and quality like from a more developed uh studio team so it's yeah i i don't think that there's <laughs> it's it's just there's there's not a whole lot of room to complain too much because there is so much of that out there and it's just a matter of finding something that really appeals to you personally mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, independent games, the prices will just start going up. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> They're not going to be $20 anymore. They're going to be $30, $35. Yeah. We're going to start getting... Because some, some of these games, like, we played Cuphead for, what, like a month? And we we had a great time with it. Uh, we, we were kind of psychos. We went through Cuphead on Expert and stuff, except for Fish. Sorry, Fish. Uh, <laughs> one day. One day. Um, <laughs> like that, but, like, as soon as he finishes, he will Donkey join Kong. the Expert Club. Yeah, he will. He will. I believe. <laughs> I believe. I'm sorry that 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 first island just gives me hell on expert. I mean, uh, the first few bosses, yeah, they're easy, but like once you get up to the harder ones, yeah. like the side-scrolling one, yeah, that's where oh, I oh sweet have to child, my controller. sweet sweet child. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, trust me, I I beat the game on um, normal. Hey, it's okay, uh, fish. I mean, yeah. look, nobody's beat uh, into the help. breach on expert yet except me, so I'm still waiting for Josh and Fish to catch up on uh, that. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You mean hard? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it hard? Damn. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. Same damn thing. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Beating on an expert is a little bit easier than remembering that it's not called expert. <laughs> I, I beat it on Beating a mode that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. It's a mode that doesn't exist. No, but I mean, that's the funny thing. Yeah, I still think that there's a segment of the population that sees that old school art style like you're talking about with Dead Cells and games like that, a la Miami, and they'll just immediately go, eh, you know, and that's always going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's, but that's fine, whatever. That It is what it is. There's people that just don't like that level of nostalgia yeah. or they'll think it's cheap or whatever. Like, even me, like, I love games like Hotline Miami, but I still sometimes see those games and go, all right, was this a creative decision or was this a budget decision, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I get it. Yeah, there's really no reason to judge that either. I mean, I'm going to see Madden come out next year and not waste any... Processing power deciding that I'm not going to play it. It's uh 
Yeah. Wow. So I, I understand that from, from other people. If, if you just, it's not your thing, it's not your thing. So. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It's cool. And I just threw the one poll in there. We don't have to, you know, mention that in the time, uh, uh, time label. What the fuck? I forgot the name. What is it called? Time Time. Okay, you guys are leaving me to die here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Time fish is on my side. Sort of a timey wimey. Time cat? No, God. You know what I'm talking about where you put the little time signatures in the podcast notes so people yes. know where to... Yes, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Time stamp? Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. See, I said, our guest is nicer than we are. I, I don't know yeah. what to say. Yeah. Yeah, he is, he's nice. Yeah. Yeah. We were having a lot of fun a watching him. flowers just, after the show. You know, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I've, I've been there, though. I, like, I know what that crush and burn can feel like. <laughs> it's, it's win-win for them because if they don't we're help, sadistic. if they don't know, they can just pretend that they did know and they wanted to watch me burn. Uh, and so it's win-win, you know. And I don't yeah, know. Okay. I don't know. No, I mean, crap. I mean, you He's did just out. attempt to burn us with your into the breach shit. So I think fair is fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's you true, attempt I to did. burn us, we let you crash and burn in the process. Yeah, we're gonna let well, you play hard mode, trying to that... find timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> that's my my own personal hard mode. Time signatures. Time skips. Time. Ah! There's um, your next indie title, ladies and gentlemen. Timestamp. Yeah. 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 I'd yeah, play time that. manipulation. How many fucking games is that in at this point? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's interesting because games like Into the Breach, I get annoyed like having to preach that to some point. It's still frustrating. You know, like every person I meet, it's still, have you played Into the Breach? No, I haven't. Oh, great. Now I have to preach about this game again. And it's just, it's still frustrating sometimes for me even. And, um, and that's just the way just the way it goes, I guess. Since, depending on the kind of game it is, even if it is independent and critically acclaimed, if it's a weird looking like a turn based strategy game, people are gonna be like, uh, eh, I don't know. People you, don't like turn based strategy. You got so sad game. there for a minute. You got so sad, you're like, and I just have to tell people again and again. <laughs> <laughs> you're acting like it's the worst thing in the world. You're getting to share wow. your love and adoration for a game, and you're acting I, like it, it's <laughs> taking a toll on you. I, Ten plus years I, of gaming, I still have to tell people <laughs> about a game. It's yes, it it's just I feel. Fr- I will say this, like Shay, to that note. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things where it's. I'm not sure if that's more frustrating or people picking it up and being like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." I'm like, it's pretty cool. Come on, man! It's the only game that all four of us liked. Like. And we don't agree That's on definitely anything. More, more frustrating. Uh, like yeah. I don't mind. Like I'm glad I get to introduce games to people, but for them to like be like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> see if I ever suggest the game to you again, fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. My favorite thing I get is people, um, which doesn't bother me at all. So if you're someone listening and you do this, I I love it. And ask, I people now that we've grown, I get a lot of people asking us those kind of questions. I treat them with a lot of respect, and I'm very serious about it. Someone asked me about a game recommendation, because I understand. I'm like, look, what kind of games are you normally into? These are my tastes. What are your tastes? Let me learn more about you. Like, I don't fuck around with that shit if they want a recommendation from me, because I, I understand what it is. But uh, my favorite thing is when I'm posting, like, 18,000 videos of a game I love, and then, like, I post, like, 80 videos about No Man's Sky, and they get in my DMs. Should I check out No Man's Sky? Yes! I. What do, you, what do you want me to fucking tell you? I have 50. What do you think I'm going to say? I mean, I, we can do a full... I, it just makes me laugh. I just one of those kind of funny things. Like, I feel like uh, they don't want to approach it. Like, I see you posting all these videos. 
seems like you think it's all right. And so, um, anyways, <laughs> that was that was a a lot of fun there. I want to transition here to uh, the poll topic, um, which should give us some quick hitters. If you're new to the show, one of the great things about polls is they give our audience a fun way of getting involved in the show and a bunch of quick hitters, uh, things to talk about either in the news or just random shit that is on my mind at the time. So, um, Paul, did you play the Mass Effect games by chance? Ooh, that was many moons ago, but yeah, I did play a little bit of uh, Mass Effect 2, two. Uh, on 360. Okay, okay. Um, so, this is going to be a little tricky. First of all, why didn't you play Mass Effect 1 and 3? What's go- what the hell is wrong with you, Paul? What's going on? Uh, mostly financial reasons. I think around that time, uh, well, my memory fails me right now, but around that time, I was not living on my own. I didn't really have a lot of income. So the, in- the games that I did get to enjoy, I either already owned or I got to borrow from my cousins and friends. And okay. they owned Mass Effect 2. So I was over at my cousin's house uh, quite often. and. We would always game together on like Call of Duty. Um, back in the day on N64, we played a lot of GoldenEye together and constantly punching each other in the face during that game. So mm-hmm. that's where I really got to. Like, I saw Mass Effect sitting on the on on their table. I'm like, "What's that?" And they kind of explained it to to me a little bit. So I got to I got to dabble into it a bit. I understand and respect its uh, impact on gaming culture for sure. Um, I still to this day see the N7 logo on people's profile pictures on on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. So I know it's, it's been a very important title in gaming culture, but I unfortunately did not dive into it as deeply as some others have. Maybe that's okay. That's okay. You can think about, you can use, you can sort of switch any game with a, a, a creative character as an example, and it will still work the same. I think so the joke Shay and me started on the podcast was that I was deeply offended that Shay was using the default shepherd. Um, it wasn't a slight against Shay at all, except that I hate him and I wish he would die. <laughs> um, but, but he, uh, You're not the I, first it, person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> no, I had a really bad joke, lunch, I'm not going to make it. Oh, damn, yeah, I was going along those lines. It's not um, even lunchtime either. Uh-huh. I was going to say, uh, you're just kind of getting where I was going. Um, but, but the idea was just like we're very different in that way because like I will spend like an hour making a custom character and like it sort of makes the experience for me. So it's like hard for me. I jokingly project those views on the Shay because I like I don't get it. And then he was like, Fuck. "And you you would say you would tell me what?" Uh, the the custom doesn't really matter to me. Like the default shepherd was perfectly fine. I mean, like to me, when I envision that character. He looks just fine. Like, I can't envision him any other way. And that's the same for a lot of games when they kind of give you the default character, but you can mess around with him. I don't mess around too much. Like, that's not what I'm there for. I don't really care. Like, when we played No Man's Sky together and I just goofed around in the character creation. Oh, I remember that. I didn't care. It was was rough for me. (laughs) (laughs) I brought him over to play Bloodborne, and he made, like, the most horrendous Bloodborne character. That doesn't matter in that game, really. But I was just like, this guy does not respect the custom... He does not respect the custom character. All right, so... um, It sparked a debate. And I... It was actually closer than I thought it was. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, 55% of our audience said they do take the custom Shep. But 46% of the audience said they do take the default shepherd. So 
Yes, I have lost all faith in humanity. Um, <laughs> Dude, I got I got private messages saying, "Hey, I defend you on this. The default shepherd is perfectly okay." And I was like, "I know, I know, but thank you for the support." <laughs> what is the defense of the Cologne model shepherd? Can someone? What is the, what is the defense there when they message you and say, "I got why, your back"? My question is, why are you looking at Cologne models? You guys don't spend a lot of time looking at Cologne models? That's just me? Can't say I do. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Can't say uh, I do. Well, On top I, I, of that, Cologne I, models, most of the people who create the Colognes are modeling their own I, shit, you know, whether <laughs> whether it's uh, David yeah. Beckham or whatever. Like, what, well, what there Cologne was... is Commander Shepard advertising? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Normandy Cologne. Cologne. <laughs> Normandy. Now with bits of Joker in it. Oh, I like that idea. I need to write this down. Mass Effect Cologne. <laughs> These are where the ideas happen, I'm telling you. This is where the good stuff happens. Cologne, Mass Effect. I'm just going to write that to myself and I'll remember. Um, I think it comes down to obviously two different things. So, Josh, you joked about this at the beginning. You're a pro custom fish. You custom, yeah, you make the, the little Filipino uh, Master Shepherd, right? I did. Yep. Okay. I modeled my own self to it and added a few years to it just because, you know, I, I get into like that customization type of stuff. I, it it, make, it feel, makes me feel more, I don't know, closer to that world that they're building and seeing my own character, kind of my avatar that I created in my own image. Not to sound like I have a god complex or anything like that, but like it, it, it's cool to see your your own creation play out through you know this developer's game so i've always been you know um deep into like customization you like to see yourself right that's part of it seeing your i think that's what drives me crazy the most is not that i think shay's playing it wrong instead in my head i'm like well shay if you made yourself maybe you would enjoy that game more because you'd feel like you were part of the journey man you were fucking those aliens you were right there in the thick of it you know like it's you you could I'm not. I'm not vain enough to need to make myself in other video games. I think it's vain. I don't think it's fair to is say. Is it vanity? Eh, I don't think so. I think that's I a topic. I think that's a fucking topic for another it's... week. That's a really yeah. good topic. It's mm. escape. I would think it's more. What is it called? Like escapism. Like you're. Yeah. No, imagine you're yourself. Right. You're right. I'm giving yeah. you guys mm. shit. I'm giving you guys specifically shit. Uh. Not any of the listeners. <laughs> you know anything like that? I, but but you know you I, have to write shit. There could be a psychological reason why you like to separate yourself from the games you play. I'm sure there is. I'm cool. absolutely <laughs> sure there is. And the thing is, like, when I was younger, he you has, know... He has commitment issues with his own player character. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's just deep. That is deep commitment anxiety. I don't want to get the too committed to what attached to this guy. Yeah. Oh, I love right. that. I love the idea that that's actually true. <laughs> Probably is, but um, wow. no. When I was younger, <laughs> um, when I would play uh, so games like Final Fantasy, and you can name your own, <laughs> you can name your own characters, and there was all the female characters. I would name them all after girls I had crushes on <laughs> in elementary school. <laughs> so. <I'd> be- <laughs> So you can imagine, like, I'm at the gold saucer point in Final Fantasy VII, and it's like, do you want to go out on a date with Kelsey or Brittany? And I'm like, "Mm, 
Just like a grocery store. Which one? That's great. Dude, I did the same thing, but they, yeah, it's not weird at all to me. So, yeah. Maybe you just have, you had the weirdo in you. You just have to unleash a little. Be afraid. Uh, I did. I did. Not anymore. I've, I've, uh, I've grown, so to speak. But, you know, I always went on a date with Barrett, no matter what. There well, you go. What I think is fun is when you make, yeah, the Barrett's got a nice big gun. Um, it's, I couldn't know what to do with that. A um, love gun, if you will. Yeah, I do you not know what to do with it? <laughs> the story of Morgan's pornography. I don't know what to do with it. I just kind of stared at it. Uh, all right. There's so much content, you can't choose what to watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Believe me, Bear had a lot of content. All right? <laughs> a lot of content in those breaches. Um... No, but it's it's even when I make like a female character, which I do that a lot more now. If I feel like the female voice actor's a little better, like something like Anthem or something like that, I play a little bit of. Um, I I still feel a level of connection there. It's not necessarily me, but I still feel like I created the person, so there's like a little more personality to it. But it's it's weird. It's a little different than like whenever I made myself. Um, so there's some weird layers there. To like uh, a character that you just is there. Like I got really into Red Dead, but like I, Arthur Morgan doesn't look like me other than when they're both white. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing uh, really there for me as well. So you don't need that. I'm not saying it's a requirement. It's just interesting that if a game allows you the customization options, that you might not take it. You know what? I wish. I really wish the game we're playing right now, Fire Emblem. I really wish there was. There's a really cool thing that happens in the middle that I can't ruin for you guys, but I really wish they allowed more customization because you are sort of a voiceless teacher at this academy, and that's like actually one game where I wish I could actually make my character look however I wanted. Um, but you can't. So like those now when I play games where you can't make the character look however you want, it like it drives me crazy, kind of. Because I'm just like ah, I feel like we're beyond. Give me the option, you know. Um, anyways, well, that settles that. Oh, Paul, you didn't weigh in before we close. Yeah. What, do you, what do you do when you're presented with a custom character option? Uh, for me, it depends on the game. And if the game allows, uh, just for example, Fallout 4, how there are the certain cutscene elements during conversations with some of the NPCs, you actually get your front, the front face of your character in, in yes. the shot. So yes. you're able to appreciate your your creation a little more. You can put the time into it and know that you you'll get to appreciate it a little more as the game progresses. Whereas if you have a game like Skyrim, where it's all very dialogue based and uh, you can't see yourself, yeah, yeah, you can't see yourself unless you actually direct it, or if you're doing like cool screenshots, which that game does even to this day offer very cool opportunities for screenshots and you know different different little images like that. So. I mean, yeah, for me, it definitely depends on the game. And if I'm, if, if there is an opportunity for me to appreciate, yeah, I will definitely put at least an hour, hour and a half to customizing a character. Maybe not necessarily modeling it after me, but what I feel like I really will dive into the RPG side of those types of games and be like, mm. what type of character is this? Like, okay, in Skyrim, if I'm playing more of a brute brawler type figure i'm obviously going to make him more muscular and bigger and maybe put some battle scars on his face and just yeah, make him look yeah. really rugged but i think it's what fish was referring to when he made his a little older a little more rugged because he was imagining like if he was in this conflict or like an older veteran like he'd be a little more war torn and mm -hmm. kind of show Definitely. that stuff yeah yeah exactly yeah i yeah 
For real. I think that's a good way of putting it. That's why, maybe that's why the Mass Effect thing blows my mind so much is because those games do such a good job of, like, putting your fucking character right in front of you. Like, the, yeah. the, like, the way they talk to you. Like, you see your character's face so much. If I just see that default Shepard's face that often, I'd fucking <laughs> lose my mind, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is there a, a lot of the time. Well, that and... Especially with Shepard, since you get a, you know, suggestion about what you're going to say, and then the character actually says it, having not just the random words, but then some random shepherd saying it, just the default shepherd, that, that, that might be just a bit too much, a bit too much distance if you're taking it that far. But then again, mm. then maybe it'll make sense, because, you know, you didn't know what you were going to say, distance. but it's just some random shepherd, so. The deeper psychological thing here, mm. the distance. That we choose between our avatars. Maybe that's the topic you're looking for. I think we did avatars once. We've done so many topics, Paul, that sometimes we like circle back around. <laughs> they, like they all start to run together. Because we might grow in our audience and they're like, well, I didn't catch that show 75 episodes ago. I'd like to hear you talk about that. It's like, oh shit, okay. Well, fuck. Yeah, and how many people are actually going to go to the back backlog of, of yeah. however, you know, hundreds of episodes if that ends up being the case. And, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah, tough. you got to keep things. Sometimes you do have to cycle back on stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my phone isn't on my desk, Josh. It's in my hands. Um, mm -hmm. So, it's, I swear, not me. Uh, anyways, uh, Mass Effect 2 versus Mass Effect 1 is another sort of silly poll I did. This one, obviously, Paul, you've only played two, so I guess you'd have to side that one. Um, Josh and Fish, we were walloped here, as Shay would appreciate. Mass Effect 2 got 78% of the vote. Mm -hmm. Deuces. Ow. Obliterate. It was the first one that made the game a shooter. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's going to get those numbers. And then everyone was angry at 3. So, yeah. Which is, I actually got people messaging me that they really love 3, and I was like, that's right. Yeah. 3 was goddamn good. I think Don't if you're going to like a shooter, I, 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 I'd go 3. But then again, yeah. Yeah. I a think, lot of people I think 2 like was that, that nice blend in between 1 and 3, where 3 pretty much became primarily a shooter that was wrapping up loose like loose stories and the main overarching story and then one was obviously more rpg-esque and narrative driven and two is kind of like that sweet spot and i think that's why a lot of people like two and a lot of people as we talked about before they entered that franchise at two and not one one was yeah. you know popular but it wasn't the mega hit that two was Two was the one yeah, that really yeah. was the most popular. So it makes perfect sense. It's the one I came into in the in the series. So mm -hmm. yeah. I, I can understand it. And I I really do like the more narrative driven focus on number one, but it is slow paced when you go back and play one. It is when you yeah. play two and three. The beginning it's a lot is slower. the beginning is too slow because it of the way more focus on RPG elements. If Shay had played one, I think when it first came out, we might've had a different, but I remember he had to go back because he played mm -hmm. two. So, and it was dated at that point. Let's just be honest. So, um, but yeah, I think one, I always tell people, I think two is a perfect game, but I like one and three more. Um, so would take that for whatever. I just, <laughs> they just need to remaster the series. That's all they need to do. They just need cool. to, they just need to fucking do it. Well, they could just make another one and make it good this time. Yeah. 
and uh, we'd be fine. More okay alien that. sex. More alien sex. All right, let's see here. Uh, we got two. Qu oh, this is a good one. We have so two Apex legend. Well, Paul, I don't know how you feel about the Apex. Um, but Fish and Shay get down on the. Uh, I think it's the top. <laughs> okay. Oh God! I, appreciate that. I, love, I love the silence that. after that. There's that really took no a second to really spread through the group. <laughs> it did. Um, as they usually, <laughs> as they usually do. Uh, yes, the top. Uh, Apex Legends forum <laughs> furious as dev calls players asshats and freeloaders. Oh, now, yes, to be I fair, this. <laughs> to be fair, I talked to Fish about this, and he said, "Yes, I am a freeloader." And then I'm com comfortable with that term. So, uh, right, they're spot on, right, Fish? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you just can't call your fucking fans freeloaders. I, I understand you're, it's a free-to-play game, but still. You, you, if you're a member of that development team and you're representing them in a public forum, like, don't call them those words, you know? Like, that's, that's like... That's PR 101, pretty much. Like, you don't call your audience, you know, these bad terms, these names. Yeah. And, like, that's a great Ass way to Ass hats was justified, but Freeloaders was taking it too far. Mm -hmm. I thought it was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I draw the line, Josh. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I've been... <laughs> uh... Well, Fish, thank you for the corporate... PR speak, which of course is correct. You don't call your fans asshats, but come on, there's something deeper here. I, there's a frustration coming out of these developers that yeah. like to call yeah. your. Go ahead, sorry. It was interesting reading the whole forum because at first it seemed like they were trying to address issues, and they were trying to be. I mean, it seemed like someone who doesn't have that that modicum of professionalism that was trying to address these. And at first it seemed pretty standard by the book. And then you could see just, I can imagine like the forehead vein bulging as it slowly just goes deeper and deeper into this forum and then just lost his temper or her, whomever it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know specifically who it was, but yeah, definitely don't want to call your fan base asshats and freeloaders. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it was, it was bad and they're going to lose probably some couple thousand of players, but. It's not going to do anything. It like, won't do. I remember years back when Snapchat was at its height, and everyone was like, oh, you should get Snapchat. And I, I refused because I had remembered that they were, like, the creators were calling, uh, what were they calling? I can't even remember now. It's been so long. Calling their, like, fan base, like, bitches or something like that. Like, oh, the bitches that use this. And, like, they're using all these derogatory terms to refer to their fan base, and no one gave a shit. No, like nobody gave a shit. Now, at that point, I learned that it doesn't matter what's what a company does unless it's truly, truly heinous, because people will still use the products. I mean, you look at Nike, and it's been proven that Nike uses sweatshops, and Nike severely underpays a lot of their, you know, their workforce. You know how popular Nike still is? This doesn't matter. This is a, a drop in the ocean. So yeah, they call them yeah, asshats like the, and freeloaders. Yeah. But here's the thing. Most of them do want free content, and that's the beauty of Apex Legends, and that's fine. That's fine. The people who so are to willing give to it pay a little, that... offset that. No, you're right, yeah. That's a, that's a good point, Shay. I think it's a good 
a good starting point here for this discussion. And, and I just was going to give it a little, just a little context too. When he said the two things that are getting attention, uh, he said it in this context. All right. Uh, this is the developer. He said, I've been in the industry long enough to remember when players weren't complete, uh, complete asshats to developers, and it was pretty neat. I forged a bunch of long-lasting relationships from back then. It would be awesome to get back there. So basically, there's just some people being dicks in the forum. Now, in the era of social media, you know how it is. Everyone has a voice. It's a lot easier for the asshats to have a voice, as some might say. Mm. Um, so he's probably just voicing that. I don't think that's that big of a deal. He wasn't saying their players are asshats. He was just saying there were some asshats. Um, saying some asshatty kind of thing, right? As asshats do. do. As asshats do. As yes. asshats <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's it's. He's not wrong, but yeah, I to to what Fish said earlier, you definitely don't want to call your your fan base a bunch of names. But at the same time, you know, it's because the internet has given everyone a voice. Yeah, people do tend to act like asshats. And when you have what's basically already a free product and people are getting, I think by and large consumers as a whole are becoming impatient. And there, there is the internet has also given not just people a voice, but it's given people the expectation of instant gratification. And they are now able to talk to these people one-on-one where previously if EA was making a Madden five or a Madden six, you didn't get to have that one-on-one conversation with those developers about the direction the game was going. You got it as it was, and you had to be happy with it. Now we actually Mm -hmm. get a voice into how games are created, how the direction Mm -hmm. of that game goes. And when people start to just fly off the handle and start demanding more free shit from these people that are already giving you something what could easily be a $60 game for free, I can definitely get behind where they were getting very frustrated and just, you know, they had they had a lapse in judgment. And guess what, guys? Games are still created by human beings. Human beings are still fallible creatures, and we're going to let things slip every once in a while. And yeah, I, I think I totally agree with you guys. This isn't going to harm the future of Respawn or Apex Legends very severely at all. Right, yeah. and I, I agree with you because, like, even think about like any relationship you've ever been in in your life. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can be a friendship. It can be with your family. How many times have you accidentally called your person that you care about a bitch or a mm-hmm. dick or an asshole? It happens. Yeah. And look, I'm not justifying the behavior at all. But like Paul was saying, we make mistakes. And the like, like you guys are talking about, the context for that is, you know, them begging for more content. and. I feel like, to be honest, to look at it from a an objective point of view, yeah, sure, I would love more of the cool, rare-looking skins on that game. Those skins are awesome-looking. But I think I get enough of them, you know? Uh-huh. My, it's not based on giving out for free. It's based on the amount of time I put into the game and my skill level. And I'm okay with that at the end of the day. Because if they just gifted you all this free shit... What incentive do you, the free person, have to play the game? None. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. People would have played it, got all those skins, been like, oh, well, that was fun, and then they would have fell off of it. There's yeah. got to be a level of progression there that keeps people in. And if they're not charging money, well, then they got to charge you your time. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Those the, are the two forms yeah. of currency. And the, 
if you're yeah. bitching, yeah. if you're bitching about the fact, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm not targeting anyone who listens or who is on the against them for this. I'm not targeting anyone. But if you're going to bitch about how they're they're staggering those and it costs money, well, you got to give something up. It's either your time or your money. You cannot expect anything to just fall on your lap. And developers have to make ends meet themselves. And you got to look at it from that point of view. They have families that they have to uh, provide for. They have um, a certain quota that they have to meet if they want to make more games. I mean, you look at Titanfall 2, which is a phenomenal game, who also came from this studio that didn't get the credit it deserves, and we'll probably never see another Titanfall game again. And people want to sit there and accost you know, developers and companies for not providing them with more content. It's unfair. I really do think it's unfair. Yeah. I think there are certain yeah. companies that prey upon that model too heavily, but for the most part, I think that they look at those extreme outlying scenarios rather than the norm. It's clear to me that this company up until this point has, for the most part, cared about its fan base, its consumer base, and has tried to provide a quality experience. So to all of a sudden devolve into, I want more free shit, is confusing. I Yes. Yeah, it's... I agree, and the two things I took away from this, especially the second part where he says, um, "There's a wealth of this is the developer. There's a wealth of data available on how monetization works in free-to-play games, and we ourselves have run tests by putting skins on sale in the store. The amount of people who spend is crazy low. Most of y'all are freeloaders, and we love that. And a change in price doesn't move the needle. So that's almost like when someone drops a backhanded." Uh, like the way he said, the, the mm-hmm. thing I'm taking from this is there's subliminal. He's obviously frustrated because they chose this model. They chose the free to play model, but you can hear that he's frustrated that it's a crazy low amount of people that are willing to spend money. Right. And I, that's the frustrating thing about that business model. I, I doubt fish loves apex legends. I doubt he spent a penny on that game. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's not to say like I'm sticking it to the man. Yeah, you're a scum. Like and look, this is <laughs> <laughs> you fucking freeloader. <laughs> it's 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 not fish is not required to, but I think what what they hoped right. is that the goodwill would come back with these free games. And then not everyone views things like I do, where if I love a game, like I I, I buy it multiple times, or I'll donate to them to give them some money. Like and they and fish doesn't have to. He's not required to. Like, right? There's nothing wrong with that. If he wants to sleep at night knowing mm-hmm. he's a scumbag, he's, he should. Uh, sleep soundly. Right. Um, <laughs> but th- if you choose the free-to-play path, man, you can't be frustrated when you're not getting a lot of money. That's, I think, what's happening. Yeah. Well, he says is one of his favorite games is No Man's Sky, which has a ton of free-to-play content that they keep adding. Yeah, and they do, but they but you can buy the game originally, and that's a whole different thing, though. Shay, we I don't want to get into that. I can if you want, but we don't I'm, have teasing. To I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, you called fish a scumbag. Well, I um, bought No Man's Sky four to, times. I wanted so. to give him some love and some back. <laughs> fish and I are scumbags me? together. All right, yeah. mm, that's our that's team right. on Apex. Team scumbag. the scumbags. 
Because you guys know it's free and you don't, you don't feel an obligation to give them. Right. Well, you, how about this? You guys are both freeloaders. Tell me why you haven't given them any money. That's a more interesting conversation. I, I would give them more money if I played more consistently, but a, if I play more consistently, I get shit from you, but B, if, uh, I play more consistently, I wouldn't be able to have time to devote to other games. And so, yeah, maybe I should throw them $10, but I don't, I, I'm just cheap in general, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm frugal at times and then I'm cheap at times. To be honest, a freeloader, you know, like yeah. as <laughs> be all honest, of us, a lot, know, a lot we, of gamers we, we are borrow like that. Josh's games on Steam all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I <laughs> yeah. Did we get I mean, anybody? I mean, what's I'm going still on, on my parents' Netflix account. <laughs> I, well, when I, mean, I get I pay, those Steam gift Spotify, cards, I, but yeah, when I, I get those Spotify Steam gift cards, I usually give them to Josh. But yeah, no, I look. I'm not judging you. I mean. Like you said, Team Scumbag, it's a joke. You know, we, I, I'm just saying, like, I like to know the psychology of why you guys have put a lot of time into that game. You love that game. You don't feel the need to give them any money. And I just think that's interesting. I think I, think I would enjoy it less if I had to spend money, to be honest. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? I don't know what that means! <laughs> I think, like, if I had to put money down to either well, purchase that, that game, or I had to, you know... Like, they had some model where every, like, 40 levels you have to buy, like, a loot box or something. I probably would enjoy it less. I probably wouldn't put any time into it. Like, think about Black Ops 4. I mean, it's essentially Call of Duty. It's theoretically, not saying it is, more polished version of the Battle Royale games. I don't want to put any money down for that. Why would I put money down on a Battle Royale when there are free versions? Why would I pay for a game... When there's one that's similar to it, for free, you know, huh. it's just weird because you were saying you might not enjoy it as much, but if you pay twenty dollars for it, how would that? It's strange that that would actually decrease your enjoyment because you nothing about the game changes, nothing about you change. You just put a little money in there. It's weird that that actually decreases your enjoyment. I, th- I think I think about it in the sense that like Apex, as great of a game as it is. It's had issues since launch. Like there's still issues with loading into into uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not rooms, but basically loading into lobbies. Yeah, thank you. Loading into lobbies. There are times where it's still. We could have let that go out. on a little bit longer there. You should have. Yeah. You should have. Should have let me flounder. Come on. Uh, man. Thank you. You're too nice, Paul. You're so nice. Um, just, they're, they're... It's my nature. I can't help it. I'm just, I'll try and be more of an asshole for you guys. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll push that out there. Just for fish. Just for fit. No, you're, you're so positive. I love it. But <laughs> no, it's um, there are issues like loading in the lobbies. There are issues with sometimes you're picking your loadout and then it just completely kicks you out. There, those issues have existed since the game has been released. And so for me to spend money on a game and then they haven't fixed the same issues would be frustrating. It'd be like for you, like No Man's Sky, having some issues that it did at launch. And then, you know, say you spent $60 on it and they keep updating it, but they don't fix those issues. You know, it, it would be frustrating. I, be I like, love this. I, I, spent, I, I spent this money on this game <laughs> and they're not. They're not fixing the issues uh, that so many I, people have complained about. I feel and like I could do a whole hour on like it's frustrating. the psychology of this. Um, 
the psychology I, you know, of it is it's no, pretty but every normalized. Game has, I mean, the, the, there have every, been multiple times where you've bitched about the Elder Scrolls games being buggy. And no matter what updates they put in there, they're still buggy. So I think you're justifying certain areas of that if you but want you to delve s- into that. But you're not saying they're not worth any money. I'm not saying every product is flawed. Every product has issues. Like, if how right. many hours would you say you've put into Apex Legends and enjoyed it? Probably 40, 50? Maybe more? Maybe. It's 10 times the length of God of War. I mean, how many fun streams have you had? How much money have we made off of you playing a free game? <laughs> I don't uh, know. I, I think we've streamed <laughs> it twice. <laughs> I, I, all I'm saying is, like, yeah. It's just interesting, the psychology of like trying to talk yourself into why you don't want to... What makes it more fun to you is the fact that you don't have to spend any money. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've made that abundantly clear but at this point. But that's strange. Like, the psychology of that is interesting to me because the game is still the same. You are still the same. That's all I'm saying. It's like nothing... I, it's psychological. Well, the spending well, of the money on the game doesn't change I, I mean, the problem. I'm pretty sure I've made that clear, too. I'm pretty sure I've made that clear. That it's not about the game itself. It's about the extenuating circumstances around it. I, th- I thought I made that clear. <laughs> but once you're aware that it's psychological, you could say, okay, well, obviously that's kind of silly. I should probably spend, give them a couple dollars or something. No. <laughs> I tried. I'm sorry, Apex. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I did this guilt thing with Fish uh, and Destiny 2 also. I yeah, guilt, see, I tried the guilt thing the doesn't work for me, buddy. Guilt yeah, doesn't free, work on me. Right here, Destiny 2? don't feel guilt. Um, a game yeah, that he paid the... for? <laughs> yeah. No, wow. no, what was it? Um, you can I didn't, see I didn't know you were taking it that far. Sorry, it was not Destiny 2. It was um, the Final Fantasy... Uh, no, Brave Exvius. Yeah, was it Final Fantasy Brave Exvius? Mm, yeah, the free-to-play yeah. mobile game that he put like a million hours. Um, at one mm-hmm. point, Fish did spend one dollar. I remember I it. <laughs> they had a, they had a sale going on. It's funny. There was some you know? uh, some gemstones. So. They had this funny. crazy deal for a dollar. I don't get this. This is the one thing I don't get, Morgan, is like why you guilt us into things you don't care about. Like you talk shit on Apex all the time and you're like, why aren't you spending money on it? But you don't like Apex. Why do you give a shit? Fish is playing Brave Exvius. Why don't you spend money on it? But you don't give a shit about Brave Exvius. Why do you well, fight these fights I, that you don't care about? Well, two things. I've never there. understood sort of this. Like, See, now cons- that psychology is what's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that is just that I don't like the game, so I wouldn't have a need to support them. Like, I don't care about it, right? So, like, if it's generally something I care about, you guys know, like, money me, I don't care. I, I literally had, I remember having, like, negative $25 in the bank and then scrounging, like, quarters around the house to get a $20 PlayStation gift card. So I could play a game online with Shay for an hour. Because my value of money is the opposite of Shay. If you could say I'm an idiot in that way. I'm the opposite of frugal, right? Okay, I don't idiot. care. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about money that much. But I would throw it at, like, think, I, think, I just think about our play, like, being kind of a, somebody that tries to create content. And everything we make is generally out of donations, at least right now. And I think of things we enjoy. Like, this developer has spent a lot of his time making something someone enjoys. Not me. I don't want to give him money because I don't enjoy it. So I just think the idea of enjoying something but not contributing a little bit is interesting. Like, you're not required to. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I guess I am a little bit, but in a playful way. Um, because it's yeah. just weird to me. The way I'll answer this, because it's, we've, we've gone a long way around this to get to the answer, is Battle Royales need an audience to function at all. 
like they survive monetarily on whales, the game doesn't work if tons of other people don't just play it. Uh, so if it's not an experience worth playing for free, you lose the audience. The whales don't stick around. Like as, as much as I'm not a big fan of the whole, you know, trying to make as much money as possible off of, you know, as few people. Yes. The, 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 it won't work if people aren't sticking around and playing for an extended period of time. Uh, so it's not like you're giving them nothing. If you're playing the game, you're still there. You're still a part of the community. You're still making the game better for everyone else. Uh, I mean, minus all the flaming in chat. You guys could stop that. Um, that'd be great. But, but other than the, that, yeah, just, just being the there is making yeah, the game yeah. better. The freeloaders support the game. They need freeloaders is what you're saying. You have yeah. to have millions yeah. of freeloaders. Otherwise, your model doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. And he got in trouble saying it in a way like, we need you, yeah, but well, fuck you. Is, That's like, what he was trying to say. Context <laughs> there, it sounds like he was trying to do it in a joking, lighthearted way. And it just didn't come across well. Like it, it yeah. didn't work out. Dude, but it, even then, the it sounded like he was, that. yeah, you know, yeah. trying to be nice about it. Just absolutely the wrong right. word. So, right. Yes. I, I think. I think yeah, that's I a great point. I think he yeah. tried to say something so ridiculous that he thought it wouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah, it would be obviously sarcasm, yeah. and it didn't mm-hmm. work. I think. Right. Uh, yeah. I, it, at least that's what it seemed that's, like to that's me. That's kind context. of the way I read it. So it totally. definitely came at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. It was, no. It was not poor... when everyone's mad. That wasn't the yeah. time for that one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, Josh. I hadn't. Sorry, Paul. Go ahead. No, you're fine. No, his tempers were already kind of hot. He was probably trying to diffuse that tension and just did it in a very mismanaged way. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see the humor behind it, you know. It, yeah. It's it's a free to play yeah. game. I, I would do the same thing. The fish all the time, you know. Fish, we love you. You're a freeloader, but we love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's fun. Everything's great. Yeah, it's yep. fucked up. But look, Josh makes a good point. I hadn't really thought about this. The needing, and that's why I said, even though I give Shay shit about the psychology of that, because we're different in that way. There's nothing wrong with what Shay's doing. They chose the free to play model. They chose this model. They chose a life of frustration. They chose like 50 million downloads in the first two weeks and everyone was fucking talking about their shit. It was the new thing. And this is the life that they chose and now they're seeing the back end of that life is very frustrating, I would imagine. Um, especially when Fortnite and everything else is fucking rising back to the crop and they're just trying to stay level when they're not the new thing anymore. So, it's tough. I feel for them a little bit. Mm. Interesting. Oh, I thought that was a fun discussion. I'm sorry, Shay. I didn't mean to feel like you don't feel attacked or anything like that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a lot of that I feel like a lot of that frustration is probably coming off the back end of the community off of those 50 million downloads people were saying this is going to be the Fortnite killer and yeah. fast forward yeah. a couple of months and then oh shit the Fortnite World Cup is out again the only yeah. thing anyone can talk about is fucking Fortnite yeah. so that's got to be equally as frustrating <laughs> yeah. you know so it's just like they yeah. thought they really had this thing in the bag, and then all of a sudden it just <laughs> fell right out from under them. You know what I yeah. mean? They had, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't really... I, I like the game better, but I don't feel like they went after the same audience Fortnite even had. Like, it was, no. it was the issue. Like, there's, they, they went after people above the age of 12. Exactly. Yeah, and that's not a, that's not a dig at all, but they weren't, no. Attra- they weren't attracting the same people, so Fortnite still had a big enough audience to weather that just fine. And so they're going to, you know, regain 
a lot of players after that. Yeah. Yeah. Try something I, new. I hate those buzz articles. I hate those buzz articles because I knew that, like, I knew that this game wasn't, and I think many people knew that there's no way Fortnite was going to be dethroned because they're two, com- like, they're, they're both games in the same subgenre, but they're two completely different games. They're like they're both battle royale, but two completely different things. Yeah. yeah. Now there are now they're kind of doing things in their games to kind of bring them a little closer together and similar, but they're two different experiences. Like when I played Fortnite, it felt nothing like playing Apex Legends. Nothing whatsoever. So why would they? Mm-hmm. Why would one dethrone the other? You know. Right. And I, I get it. I get it. You're saying one's going to take that mantle next, but Fortnite they wanted to. has, that, yeah. that has yeah. a broader appeal. Yeah, they wanted to. Like, people are rooting for People want to see the fall. It's weird how as a humanity, we love to see things rise to the top, and then we love to root for them to fall. I just, it's such a strange <laughs> yeah. thing about Do you remember how us. every MMO for about 10 years was the WoW killer? Wow, killer! Yeah, every yeah. single one of them. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. really strange. It was, yeah. And then Star Wars is gonna kill Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guild Wars. Yeah, none of them happened. Yeah, it's funny. It really is. So, oh well, we'll see how that game uh, ends up going. Uh, last poll here, um, and we'll have an exciting word from our new sponsor. Uh, and we can kind of cut this one down a little bit because we went along on that, even though I thought that was a lot of fun. So just like to see the, let those conversations go where they may. Um, Halo. Uh, Shay had brought this up earlier, so I found it. Uh, the question to the audience was, Halo Infinite may feature cosmic... Um, cosmic. <laughs> cosmic microtransactions. Wow. Um, Halo Infinite may feature cosmetic microtransactions, possibly direct purchases like Gears 5. And I asked our audience, um, they had two options, either uh-oh or it's fine, just relax. And it was split right down the middle, 50-50. Um, so it, that's kind of how I felt about it, just to kind of launch it off to you guys, is that uh, it's too early, and if they're cosmetic microtransactions, it's okay. That's common, let's just relax at this point. Um, but, you know, Halo's was one of those sacred franchises where people don't want to see it get dirtied up with their those dirty microtransactions. So. Hmm. Yeah. Thoughts? Open I, up to the room. I had kind of a pseudo-profound thought the other day when I was coming out of the shower thinking about this question. And I was like, I was thinking about all the different ways that we as content creators kind of pay our bills. You know, we have our main racket, wherever wherever that is, whatever it is, whether it's Twitch, whether it's the podcast, whether it's making actual art, whether it's making music, whatever the case may be. Uh, We have our main racket, and then we have our side rackets. We have our Patreon. For us, our main racket is our podcast, and our side is our Twitch, our merchandise, so on and so forth. We have these side pockets where we can make some extra money. Is that not microtransactions in a way it's like you get the main content from the podcast but if you sign up for the patreon you're going to get some additional stuff is that not sort of if, if the, if the podcast costs money i would agree i would agree 100 I mean, true because the, the game is the thing, entry price the only time it's different is if we like we're cutting stuff out of the podcast and making it premium content yeah which like for a while there there were a lot of games trying to get away with that. Like, we already made this. It's supposed to be part of the game, but maybe you could pay us a little more for it. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And 
right. that just did not go over well at all. And so, but yeah, it's definitely a similar thing. And I kind of, I'm not to defend Morgan ever, but yeah, if it's something you really enjoy, yeah, like help people out. That's always like, we love our patrons for, for sticking around with us and actually caring enough about what we do to help out to actually keep Absolutely. everything running. It's it's a similar thing with the games. I don't feel guilted into it. Like if you're enjoying a game, you're fine just enjoying the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, like understand those microtransactions are for the hardcore. Yeah, the exactly. Exactly. Small percentage. So yeah, and yeah. it's a, it's the same thing with us or any other content producer, or the, in this case, a video game developer. As yeah. long as they're not the, abusing the, that system, <clears throat> is yeah. that basically. You know, you have the main content, you have the meat of whatever it is they're doing, and whether it's free to play or it's not free to play, and or whether it's free to listen to, free to enjoy, not free to enjoy. But if you want more, you want those additional things, you can pay a little extra to put food on the table to keep these studios going. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you the, feel uh... like you get something out of it that you care about. You yeah. don't feel obligated to. And they get something out of it. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a win-win scenario. You want to invest more into that product, then you're going to put a little bit more and then you get something that you care about and then they get to put food on the table. And I think that's kind of the same thing like I initially voted like uh-oh, you know, essentially on this poll, but then I've been thinking about it a lot the past few days. And it's like, you know what, as long as a company is not abusing the microtransaction model, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Like I ne- never like when I play Apex, I never feel obligated. Never feel obligated to buy those things. Do I ever feel guilty about it? Not really. But when I if there's like a content creator that I really like or a game that I really like and I adore and I can put a little extra money into it, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I? Yeah, Apex yeah. Legends, there you go. The uh like you you were you were getting there, but there were a lot of there are a lot of companies that aren't doing this as if it were an optional thing and they just have horribly coercive systems in place in order to try to get you to spend money whether you mm-hmm. want to or not uh and dude I, yeah. yeah like there's it's really easy to just do a knee jerk. All of this is horrible. All of it is just awful. And it's not really, but it is something you've got to watch out for. Cause a lot of times it can get out of hand in a hurry. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's something you should, I'm glad that more reviews are mentioning when a game has microtransactions like that and what they are. Uh, like, it's the sort of stuff that you need to know going into it. Like, just finding out there are cosmetic microtransactions in Halo, I don't feel like that says much of anything one way or the other about what it's going to be. When we get closer to launch, it could yeah. turn into, uh, you know, something that's just horrible. Horrible. Like, stuff that you... <sighs> Well, they mentioned so cosmetic. So much of it is online these days, yes. and like, well, if you want to customize your character at all, you've got to pay for it or something like that. 
Like there, there are ways they can make this way more coercive than just hey, you want a fun skin to you know sc- screw around with and ride around. In Do your you want your Master dog? Chief to look like the Filipino Johnny Depp? Yeah, nine ninety nine. That'd be good. I should call I'll pay it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spray on like see that. six pack. See uh, how many roll with, you know, Filipino Johnny Depp, Master Chief. <laughs> I'm rolling them. Um, Paul, how do you, uh, have you ever actually spent money on a microtransaction? Do you have any, uh, has any game ever got you? Roped you? Um, let me think. I, I, there has to have been some, like, in the past before I really knew what microtransactions were. Um, before they had that dirty name before they had that dirty name and and kind of falling back on what josh was saying earlier it's interesting that at the root one of the roots of that controversy was oddly enough ea Mm -hmm. Uh, we were just talking about you know apex and one of the main publishers for that game so yeah they ended up locking a lot of that content behind a paywall and people were having to pay retail price for that game somewhere in some cases upwards of like 80 bucks for the digital deluxe edition uh-huh. And then having to unlock, so I mean, I, I could go down a, a rabbit hole with that, but I think by themselves as a concept, microtrans- microtransactions are completely harmless. They really are, like, like especially within yeah. the free to play model. That's how those games are going to survive. At the end of the day, that's how the servers stay live to continue hosting lobbies so that everyone can continue to play games, and it does provide some sort of nuancy type of twist on how you experience the game not necessarily the gameplay itself when it starts to affect gameplay that's where you start to kind of fall into the pay to win areas and it does start to get much more dirtier but cosmetically if it's not like an entirely different aspect of the game that is being locked behind a paywall what's to be upset about you know, like you get the choice whether or not to pay it doesn't affect the overall experience of that game. It doesn't affect how you play it, how you progress through the levels, how your character levels up, if that's a feature in that game. But when it starts to get into those shady areas, like with Battlefront 2, where you can't actually get a character within the game unless you pay an additional 40, 50 bucks or $20 or whatever dollar amount it is, that's where it starts to get real sketchy for me. Um, As far as games that I've actually paid for microtransactions in, I mean, uh, at one point, yeah, I paid, I don't know if you consider it a microtransaction, but I paid for the, uh, the, uh, adventurer pass in, uh, the early stages of ring of Elysium, which is a basically free to play PUBG. Okay, and okay. you know, that free to play model does survive out and you, you get all kinds of cool features with the, the battle pass and venture pass and whatever they happen to label that mm-hmm. particular side of the, and it's basically paying, for the game, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's exactly. And, the, and it's more rare. You don't see as many of those horrible Battlefront 2 style scenarios anymore. That's why they become such big news. They right. are not the norm. You no, know, most people have the, the, the common sense, like you said, and that's how they survive. Um, yeah, I'm very liberal with microtransactions. People ask me that all the time. I just, I think they're fine. I, and it's, it's funny because I was watching this morning. My daughter watches this weird show called Sis vs. Bro. And it's this um, YouTube thing. It's like a, a family and the two kids always do like competitions against each other. 
Um, and it feels a little exploity to me because like uh, parents film their kids doing all this weird stuff, but whatever. Millions and millions of views. And they had this funny, they didn't realize they were even showing this to me. I just noticed it as a gamer. The kid was playing Fortnite and they had this joke where his sister would give this money if she um, did everything for the brother for a day. She had to call him boss and bring him his drinks and his food. And if she did everything he asked, he was gonna, she was going to get some money, right? It was kind of the joke of the video. The kids would laugh at blah, blah. The kid was playing Fortnite in the video. And right after a match, a big thing popped up that said, buy this new thing. And he was like, he literally turned around on his computer. He's like, mom, I want to buy this new thing. And they were like, okay. And he ran to his dad and he was like, dad, I want to buy this Fortnite skin. And his dad just pulled out like a lot of money from his wallet or whatever. It was like the, it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like the parents still had control of the thing, but I was like watching it unfold. And I was like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) fucking come on, man. Don't let your kid buy this garbage. Be a better parent. Um, but those kids are probably rich anyway. They probably don't have a good concept of money, knowing how much money they make from those YouTube videos. Uh, I know that sounds judgmental. I just believe that's probably the case. I'm not judging them. Anyways, I thought it was fascinating to see that firsthand. I was just like, whoa. Now, <laughs> just seeing that pop up and see that little kid. It, didn't, it wasn't even exciting. He just immediately was like, I have to buy this thing. It looks cool. Yeah, he'd never seen it before, but now he needs it. Yeah. Right. And there's, yeah. there's an awful lot in Fortnite that's specifically made that way. Uh it just in order to make you feel like you need this thing now, uh, even even with the way they monetize their 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 season pass sort of a deal, has got built in like a discount on your next month's season pass. So oh. you buy one, and you play a bunch. Well, hey, you'll get your next season pass for this much cheaper. And the idea is you end up essentially with a subscription to Fortnite. Which is a free to play game, which <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there, there are better ways to get, you know, to make it that's not good. feel so scummy. To- <laughs> I know, but at the same time, I was like, man, that's smart business. That's smart, smart business right there, man. Like I, I know I people don't like this opinion. I believe it falls on the parents to take care of that stuff, and I know it seems scummy. I'm not disagreeing, but at the same time, part of me was like, man. That was really smart how they got that fucking... Uh. Was it? It's not that smart. There have been cartoons I mean, to sell kids toys for the last 50 years. Smart may not be the word, but I mean, it's just, it's a it's very productive. Well, the whole subscription model is not a stranger to video games. I mean, yeah. look at the early MMOs, and people would actually pay retail price for many of those games off the shelf, and then continue to pay months on down the end. Yeah. Here yeah. you're getting a chance to get the game for free, and then continue to pay if you choose to yeah. that's where the 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 uh i guess the frustration on the player side for having to to pay additional amounts for a free-to-play title it really confuses mm-hmm. me uh, when i what i would tell my kid if they ever got into that is i was like i would just say try not to spend past the amount of a full price game i went down a dark hole with this uh mobile game jurassic world and it's a long story i'm not going to get into it me and fish went down that hole paul and i ended up spending <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of dollars at a time in my life where I had a lot of expendable income. And I feel sick about it to this day. I don't feel sick that I gave them money because I'm a believer in doing that. I feel sick with how much I gave them. And right. if I could, if my kid was really into it, I would say, yeah. look, this games costs 40 to $60 yeah. on the shelf. Give yourself a limit where you don't look back and say, I bought that game 15 times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, exactly. Don't end up like, like me. <laughs> like it, I was, I was talking about kind of the, the way it feels like you're locked into continuing to buy something because if you ever let it slip, uh, you're paying more. Um, uh-huh. Which 
a lot of like even MMOs have started doing that. Like, oh, you've played for this many months. It's it's cheaper and cheaper if you ever miss a month. You're back up to full price or something like that. Um, and then kind of like you were saying, with with just just the the amount you're able to spend on some of these games is ridiculous. Like, you should not be able to bankrupt yourself with microtransactions if it's even remotely possible for you to spend a thousand dollars on a game and not get the thing you were trying to get, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, that's time, where the uh, the comparison to gambling really starts to come in. Yeah. Um, I think the most notable example of that from the past, at least, was the whole, uh, was the whole CSGO thing, where people mm-hmm. were essentially playing slot machines for gun skins. Yeah. That's what it really boiled down to. And then that yeah. later evolved into the whole loot box thing behind Battlefront 2 and then f- moving even further into more recent areas where uh countries, whole countries like Germany have completely outlawed the idea of loot boxes because it does target that younger demographic where you were just talking about Morgan with the kid. He sees this new thing, he immediately has to buy it. It could have easily been packaged in a much worse way where it's like here's a bunch of these items that you could possibly get if mm-hmm. you spend this amount of money on this box. There's no guarantee you're actually going to walk away with the thing that you want, but you've already dumped however many dollars into this thing, and that 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 chase, that hunt, continues. Yeah. And look, if you want to go bankrupt spending all your money, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. <laughs> uh, steal your parents' credit card, whatever you got to do. Jesus. Please. Talk about marketing genius. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, we're not going to survive please. unless you steal mommy and daddy. Please? <laughs> please. Steal your parents' credit card. We won't please. survive unless you steal your credit parents' credit card. Um, Patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can get a VIP tier. Now, you should be advised if you're not old enough to see fish in the buff, uh, we might restrict you from that content. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting topic to have, I think. So I'm glad we had it uh we have a word now from a very exciting new sponsor of the Chompcast, right shay that's true that's true very good point paul have you ever heard of posterburner.com uh no please tell me more oh could i a pro oh boy so (laughs) poster burner is a website that will take your pictures your artwork whatever you want and put them on beautiful nice posters but they have so much more than that. They can do phone cases. They can do socks. They can put it on all sorts of merchandise. And you can do almost anything you want. I don't know the limitations. I don't know if you could do like gory, grotesque kind of things or like nudie stuff. But pretty much anything you want, you can put on a poster. And they Oh, Fish has tried the nudie stuff, actually. You know, Fish, I heard... I heard they actually a representative contacted me and said, "Fish, try to get a naked picture of himself mm-hmm. blown up on a mural on his entire wall." But they said there wasn't enough pixels in his crotch area to accentuate that. Mm. They sorry, didn't want to let him down. Yeah, oh, true. They yeah. didn't. They didn't. They wanted to put detail into the micro. But besides that, let's get serious for a moment. (laughs) Through the end of August, (laughs) they are running a deal. So, starting at $19.99, you can get a movie-sized poster of whatever it is you want. And they come in very many different varieties. Um, You could do a gloss, you could do a matte, 
and they are beautiful. They are very durable. Please check them out if you want anything whatsoever put on your wall. It's good Like if you want to get a poster of your logo. They even do framing as well. So check them out, posterburner.com. Tell them that Sword Chomp sent you, and they'll give you an attaboy. Twenty dollars. I'm gonna have to do that. Uh, I got some pictures I want to make. Let me tell you. <laughs> I just had the beautiful idea to have a a picture of fish with his rippling six pack behind me in our podcast room, and now the idea is obsessing me. Uh, Not a bad <laughs> idea, dude. Not a bad yeah. idea at all. And huh? I think they actually do canvases as well. If I I cannot remember. I should have, re- you know, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm pretty sure they do canvases. Let me double check. <laughs> Get a canvas. Yeah. Um, oh, fish's abs. That's all you need. Um, <laughs> that yeah, that's awesome. It's it's a sponsor yes, that I'm proud to canvases. have because they do really cool stuff. Josh got uh, a giant poster last week, uh, sent to him right away, and it looks amazing. So you can get the Sword Chomp logo. You can do some of your art from your house. Maybe your favorite video game. It's a lot of incredible stuff you can do. Um, where do they go to get that all done, Shay? Posterburner.com. Alrighty. Um, cool. Well, this is the sort of back in the show. We did the polls and we got to the topic. Um, and we're just going to kind of catch things up, as we say. Uh, round everything up. This is where things can get a little wild for the last 15 or 20 here. We have some games to talk about. More importantly, Shay has to talk about some zombies. We'll catch up with Paul a little bit. Um, and Josh and yeah. Fish as well. Um, I know I've been hassling Fish to. Uh, player Fire Emblem, I think he's still been too busy, but I know he did stream some Apex. Um, you guys ate a banana on the stream, so that's exciting. <laughs> he mm-hmm. did. He did. Like, look, I want. I wanted. To, this is the reason why I want to talk about this real quick. Just Sai came into our stream and dropped a fucking sub bomb of ten subs, um, to our Jeez, fan base just to see a hot sauce banana. And Fish rose up to the challenge. He did it. Yeah, I'm proud I of sure Fish. Uh, uh, I, Fish. I, I, I saw that those I saw those gifted donations and those subscriptions, and I thought, well, uh, there's no way I'm not gonna fucking eat the hot yeah, sauce. I'm proud now. of you, man. Like because yeah, I panicked. I panicked when that happened. I was like, I was freaking out <laughs> on stream because you were gone. <laughs> I, I saw you were gone. I saw and I was like, like holy freaking out, shit, yeah. and like. I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to have to switch to me real quick, eating a banana. And I was trying to think about the logistics of it all. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew that was that was what was going through your mind. And I was just like, you know what, I got a man up here, and I'm going to take control of this and actually eat a hot sauce. Bitch, I got to tell you, so. I was turned on. I was turned on. <laughs> Rare, rarely good. in my life does someone take control. So mm. it was nice. And oh. thank you, Josai, <laughs> by the way. Okay. Or, Sai, yeah, thank you so you. much for that. Yeah, yeah, I I had a lot of fun, you know, streaming with you, Shay. Um, it is a bit difficult for me to stream right now, just because like I don't have an optimal setup. It's like it's actually very embarrassing, like to actually stream from my Xbox One because I do get you know video lag to audio lag, you know, and like the audio isn't perfect. So I I feel bad for our fans, you know, like. We, we do have like dedicated Twitch streamers that are constantly in the chat and they're showing their support. And I, I love those guys. And like, I, I had to apologize to one of them, you know, uh, in private, like, I was just like, I felt so bad because like he gives us so much support and yet, you know, like here I am not 
able to give him a, a better product. So, like, uh, there's parts of me that felt bad, but other parts of me where I'm just like humbled and warmed that you know, um, we have. I like fish warmed. I'm happy to have a warmed fish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, of course, can't I don't want have a cold fish. <laughs> no cold yeah. fish. Um, keep those fish sticks warm. That's a good point. Who knows what the hell's going on with your fucking camera? I don't get that. Um, it's weird. It's yeah. It's. It's, uh, well, I looked it up actually, and a lot of people have that problem um, using the Twitch app on the Xbox One. So, mm-hmm. um, my best bet of actually going forward from this is actually having a dedicated laptop or some sort of computer um, to capture yeah, just... that catch my capture from the yeah. Just operating Xbox. through like slobs or something would probably be your best bet, and I think that's kind of. Right. We talked about it already. We don't need to go into extensive detail on it. Just kind of uh, <laughs> our next progression of our streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Yeah. What do you use, Paul, when you stream? Uh, I actually use uh, OBS Live, which is a it's it's OBS Studio, but a Stream Elements uh, add-on feature that they put that they integrated with OBS Studio. So you get your uh, stream events, like if someone subs or someone follows off to one side, and then you get a chat window off to the other side. But it still has all the same bells and whistles of the same old OBS studio. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And it's, it, seems, it seems to be a lot better. Like, streaming for con- from console directly is fine. It's convenient. It's easy. But you don't get those bells and whistles like the overlays or the um, chat alerts and stuff like right, that. Right, yeah. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a good starting point. Yeah, that's where I got started. I didn't even have a webcam when I really first started my Twitch channel, and I was streaming straight off oh, really? of my my PS4, and I had a just a an old cheap like mobile phone headset that had like the mic attached to the cable of the of the earphones, yeah, and my my audio crazy. was kind of yeah. garbage, but you could still hear what I was saying. Those things actually do work with the PS4 controller magically. Um, right, a lot of, and I I, I encourage anyone who even thinks about wanting to start a stream is experiment because that's what ultimately led my stream my content creation journey is just wondering what happens if i do this will this work if i do this this way and it's just Mm -hmm. all kinds of experimentation and there's so many things to experiment with now yeah i love that dude i feel like a lot of people whether it's a podcast or streaming anything really like any kind of hobby like, cause I've, I've, I'm guilty of this. I feel like, oh shit, if I want to play basketball, I have to get these $150 shoes and I have to dribble this exact way. Or when it comes to streaming, it's like, I got to use this same program that everyone's using. I have to have mm-hmm. these same commands. I have to have this same equipment. And that's, I mean, you're imitating. And the, the most creative people in the world, the people who have been best at what they do, they imitate, but they make it their own. And the thing that you're talking about I love, especially with streaming, is there are 2 million plus people on Twitch. That doesn't count Mixer, that doesn't count YouTube, none of that. And there are 600, it's probably close to 700,000 plus people affiliated at this point. Yeah. Why are they going to spend time in your stream? Right. You've got to experiment, whether it's a podcast or a stream. You've got to experiment and put yourself out there and figure out new things. I love that you mentioned that. Um, cool. Well, uh, sorry, fish. I didn't mean to bring that, but yeah, that's uh, that was good. Got some good, uh, fish action out there and, uh, hopefully I'll have some more fire emblem down the road. I was going to say that, um, 
Shay has been, as he alluded to earlier with his tease, so far so good. He finally delved into Days Gone, That's right. the zombie game of all zombie games that was very polarizing when it was released earlier this year. I think it was about April or something. Um, and if you don't know, if you're new to the podcast, Shay has a history of being the guy here who loves zombies. And for whatever reason, it just gets his kinks off. You know, it gets his kicks off that way. His kinks. He gets his kinks off, you know, whatever. Gets, it, gets my rocks off is what you're going for. Yeah, I never understood that term either. You're, how are you getting your rocks? I, mean, I guess they're considered rocks. But they're, yeah, I don't like the term rocks or balls either. It's too soft as a rocks. Are hard. How about my scrotals? Know? He gets my scrotals off. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, think of something. You're uh, speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> Scro- actually, <laughs> no. Scroties. Got me. What's your scroties? Sounds cuter. Um, <laughs> so, your scroties. Uh, have you, has scroties days gone? is something you buy at 2 a.m. in the morning because, you know, a guy with a bushy beard and, you know, way too much self-confidence con- convinces you you need it. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, I Josh. Mean, and you've been. It there, doesn't take so. much convincing at that point. Yeah, yeah. Scrody sounds like something that a fast food restaurant that was themed around BDSM would call their chicken nuggets. Mm. Yeah, Scrody's. <laughs> yeah, you know, eight pieces Scrody's. Yeah, six piece Scrody's, please. And... I'm gonna dip my Scrody's in <laughs> man sauce or whatever. In manch. In manch. Um, I want to dip my scrotis in man batter. In manch. I like that. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> oh, manch. that's good. Um, ugh. God, my wife would hate that. She hates ranch. That is perfect. That's pretty grotesque. I'm gonna remember <laughs> that. Uh, anyway, Shay, how much time have you put into Days Gone so far? Man, it is a beautiful game. The facial capture in that game is insanely good. Their movement is supernatural. Their eye movement, that's one thing that's always janky in any video game, to get that natural eye movement where it doesn't feel Whoa, whoa, weird. their movement's supernatural? Like, they float around and shit? Like, ghosts? Yes. I'm sorry. I that's couldn't fair. help myself. That's fair. That's fair. But I was really trying to hold... <laughs> that's it's a zombie game. That's fair. It is no, a that's zombie true. game. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredibly natural. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, but yeah, the eye movement is great. So visually, it is a beautiful, beautiful game. Absolutely beautiful. The I'm not digging the controls so much. Their con- control scheme is a little bit weird. Um, sometimes you have to build things, so you're holding L1, L1, and then you're moving your right joystick around to pick what you want to make, and then you're holding R1. So you're doing a lot of you have to do a lot of memorization of combinations in order to do things in the game, which isn't terrible. I just don't like it right now. As soon as I get used to it, I'm sure it'll be easier. But it's a game, I can tell, if you walk away for a week of not playing it and you come back, you're going to be like, oh shit, how do I do this? How do I do Mm. that? How do I do this? And so you really got to be on top of that. But it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh confusing i and the controls have not always been super responsive but that's okay i'll get used to it's a jank i played fallout for years i'm used to the jank so that's fine Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing that was we you know on stream within the yeah (laughs) right within the first hour i ran into a bug and i actually had to restart from a previous checkpoint where you're supposed to move a car 
mm-hmm. with one of the characters. And they're like, the path is being blocked. And there's a there's free space right there where I'm sure the motorcycle can get through. And I'm can like, fit through. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why why are we moving a fucking car right now? And then all of a sudden the car just appeared. <laughs> just out of nowhere, just went right next to me. I was like, all right. But he's trying to move the, another car. And we can't move that car. So I try and go move the car we're supposed to move. But the button prompt isn't popping up. I tried for like three minutes. And I was mm-hmm. like, I guess I'll restart from the previous checkpoint. So I had to go through that. And then the car was there this time, and then we moved everything. There have been some some small bugs like that, though, to make me have to restart at a previous checkpoint, which aren't great. Those aren't great, but I'm really enjoying the narrative so far. It's uh, really well-paced. It's interesting enough. I mean, it's typical zombie. Someone, like, a zombie outbreak happens. You're trying to discover why. You're trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. It's pretty, it's pretty typical, but it's very well-paced mm-hmm. so far. I will give it that. It's very well paced. It doesn't feel slow like a Walking Dead or melodramatic like a Walking Dead. It feels very normal paced. Um, you're yelling quarrel a lot, uh, <laughs> according to Josh. But no, it's very well paced. What you doing, zombie apocalypse? You get you yeah. right. And at the very beginning, you get a wide array of guns or weapons to use pretty much early off the bat. And I would say there's there's a healthy variety of enemies early on in the game. They established that. Okay. So overall, I mean, like, I only got a few hours into it. I got to the first camp on stream, and then... Have you done a swarm? Like, one of those crazy swarms? No, like no, no, you? no, you no and I wish I had, okay. because... No, not yet. I, um... My game still needed to finish downloading... Um, when I was on stream, so I had to turn it off at that point. But from what I've played so far, I'm definitely going to be playing more. I really want to do one of those swarms. It's a really interesting concept. So I'm excited to play more for sure. And it was cool. I there were there were. What about the story so far? Do you feel emotional investment in the characters, or is it too early to tell? Um, I do a little bit. Like I'm not revealing. I'm not spoiling anything major because it's within the first hour. Um, mm-hmm. the main character is um nursing his significant other who has been cut really severely and she needs a doctor so he's trying to get her on a helicopter um after some coercion gets her on the helicopter but one of his friends is injured too and they can only take two people so her and one other person so he stays behind to help his friend finds out where she's going um asks the helicopter pilot where they're going and then he's like I will meet up with you there and runs off with his friend to try and save him. You come to find out within the first hour that that helicopter exploded. Something happened to it, and she died. And so that's kind of where the game starts out at, and now you're trying to survive, and um, there's a, there's a lot there are a lot of psychos going on, kind of... It's kind of like Mad Max in that way a little bit, where you have these pockets of settlements that are kind of safe havens but there are all these psychos running around and it actually gave me a little bit of far cry 5 vibes in a way because like these these like psychos uh kidnap one of your players and Mm -hmm. they just have cuts all over their face and they're all skinheads and stuff like so it was really interesting it's really interesting it's a very it's a very grotesque game i will tell you that there's a lot Mm. 
there is a lot of blood and guts in it. But um, I've really enjoyed it so far. The story is interesting. I'm going to wait to say whether or not it's going to hold my interest for now. For now, I'm going to wait. But so far, so good. Okay. So far, so good, as he alluded to earlier. Of course, so <laughs> far, right. it's only been 20 minutes. The joke's yeah. on you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, one, cool. last thing, right. one last thing yeah. I will say about this for Josh's benefit is there's a, um, there's a mechanic in there. It's very similar to The Witcher 3 where you press in on the right R3 uh, stick or whatever uh, joypad or whatever it is you're using. You press you press in on that, and then you see foot footfalls, and you kind of have to follow these for clues. It's very reminiscent of Witcher Three, so probably not something Josh, Josh would love. Enjoy. That oh yeah, he loves detective mode. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen enough of it. But uh, it's it's normalized at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of used to it at this point. But yeah, I feel like there's probably a better way to get that across. But anyway, yeah, well, I would think so. Maybe um cool well we'll keep checking up on a couple weeks i mean it's a lengthy game i mean i get that. that's why i like to check up more on these games as time progressed because that's why i was joking with you guys this week it's like i've spent like 60 hours of my life on fire emblem how am i only supposed to talk about it for two weeks but we we do it with respect to not repeating ourselves and uh uh each other so i'm, I'm actually curious to learn more about days gone as you continue because you uh, a lot of people actually still message me about that game they'll be like do you guys ever play days gone i'm like no nah, we have one guy who's interested in it so uh Mm-hmm. That's your early impressions, um, Josh. Anything yep. worth note that you wanted to throw in here? I know you did Hearth, uh, Hearthstone on the stream. Uh, yeah, I played through Dark this week, um, which I was considering playing on stream, but uh, kind of as a heads up for anyone who's interested later on. I, I think Shay and I, uh, guaranteed Shay and I, and possibly. Possibly others, depending on how schedule works out, are going to try to do a uh, Halloween Horror Month in October, playing through as many horror games as we can on stream. Yeah. Um, Nobody told me about yeah. that. Yeah. That's, well, this is new. This is very late-breaking update oh, okay. here. But uh, since it was a horror game, but also one that I had not heard anyone talk about because it's a new game, I figured I'd just Dark. play it by myself there and see if it was worth playing again on stream later on because i'd been waiting for it for a while um because it's kind of a puzzle ish game but with like a horror setting because you're uh like solving these puzzles trapped in a nightmare um and it had a really interesting way that they tied tied the like the gameplay and the art style together because a lot of the puzzles are relying on like sort of taking cover and stuff it looks like kind uh, of like using and like stealth yes but no like there's a stealth button but i think i had to press it one time during the game like it's not really a thing they like you press it and it basically just makes you walk so you don't make as much noise to sneak by a couple enemies, mm-hmm. but it's not—it's not like a major mechanic. Um, oh, it's most... you're a—you're—you're you're a vampire. Okay, you didn't mention that part. Well, yeah, you're just some uh, creepy-looking guy. Um, but anyway, um, says a vampire right here. 
Take the role of an ultimate hunter, a vampire. Ambush your enemies. What? No. You didn't know you were a vampire? No, you're looking at the wrong game. It's just dark. I'm sorry. I just thought uh-huh. we were reading the same. Yeah, it's because you typed Let's in see. dark and then let it with a Q. <laughs> it just came out. I know. Let's see. Dark. Go ahead. Anyway, but <laughs> I wanted the idea that Josh played through the whole game and didn't know he was a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> makes makes a good story. Now I kind of like that um, too. But uh, <laughs> it's odd that it happened to have stealth as well in there. We're oh, talking. dark with a Q. yeah. You should but, probably lead with the whole darkest spell with a Q thing. Yes, for anyone yeah. Well, I was saying it just came out, and there were there are a bunch of older. There's like twelve dark, dark games with yeah. Dark. But anyway. Um, yeah it's got like this unique art style that like the art style is you know just kind of this black nightmares kind of yeah kind of like like little nightmares but it's got weird mechanics that i've not seen before with it's a side-scrolling game but the world isn't always 2d um you'll have different levels with like these platforms that'll rotate that you're on that will then rotate the 3d space that you're in to put you mm-hmm. on a different plane in this 2d 2d game and just that interaction looked so cool that which is why i ended up getting the game um just you know to see the way that played out which is neat because you can rotate to get on a different plane and then also turn the rest of the way around so you're on the same plane but looking at it backwards so you can oh weird it sounds kind of like fez yeah fez i was just about yeah. to say that yeah yeah but it, it's it's not doing anything as complicated as that most of the puzzles okay. are fairly straightforward and it's more narrative based and just okay. they're making you think about this space like this kind of dreamlike space but try to hold it in your head and be able to parse it and you know figure out these these kind of like location based puzzles in it which is which is fun so. Sounds really cool. Yeah, so he's uh, yeah. dreaming and he ha- can't mm-hmm. wake up. Yeah, it's Trying. in a nightmare and they kind of go into that horror aesthetic with the way a lot of the stuff goes. But it's not a really particularly scary game. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of along the same lines as like Limbo. That whole there are mm. scary eerie. bits here. It's eerie, but yeah. it's not like a you know you're not going to be jumping out of your seat or anything. So that's fair. I'm really excited cool. for that though. I'm excited to do that horror month. Paul, do you play any mm-hmm. horror Sounds games fun. at all? Yeah. Are you big into horror games or not huge into them? I do have a couple uh in my library. Um one of them I actually got on the Epic Game Stores called Stories Untold. I haven't oh, really had a chance good. to mm. open that one yet. Uh I may save game. that for a blind playthrough on on one of my game nights, so it does seem very intriguing. Um there's another one that I actually saw on Steam. It started as a Doom 2 mod. Is called Unloved, and they took the mod and they mm. ran it through the Unreal Engine and created its own game. It's only ten bucks on the Steam Store right now. If anyone wants to check oh, that out, Unloved, yeah. Okay, and mm. it started as a Doom Two Sounds mod. Really they polished it up and released it as its own, basically like a, another indie game. I that lied. I take cool. it back. I'm already overwhelmed by all these games. I can't find the good <laughs> indie games. I changed my answer on the poll. There's too many. I just found out about two I've never heard of. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, unloved. Okay, gotcha. Right. That sounds really cool. That'd be cool if like we could do like a co-stream where we played some horror games together. I, I love, love that to, idea. 
Yeah. Do you put stock into user reviews at all, Paul? Because I was looking and they were kind of suspect. Or do you just kind of like, ah, fuck it, I'd rather try it myself just for fun and see what it's like? If I see footage, like genuine gameplay footage, not kind of the nonsense that we saw this past E3 where it was all just cutscenes, but yeah. if I can see legitimate gameplay footage and it intrigues me, or if it fascinates me in any way, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and try it. And then I'm going to create my own re- review based on that. And I'm, I will take them into consideration, but I'm not going okay. to invest solely in them. Yeah. So if it was like really bad, you'd be like, all right. But if it's like seven, eight, you're not going to be like, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's a hundred percent negative reviews or even maybe 80% negative reviews, I-, I might be more tentative to try it. But if it's something where like people are, are just nitpicking, or are they, are they I, complaining I, that they can they, <laughs> they finished it too quick or yeah. there wasn't enough of this, there wasn't enough of that. I'm like, all right, you're just being spoiled at this point. I'm still going to play the game. I'd love to know mm. what your deal breaker <laughs> is. Is it four stars? Is it five stars? <laughs> is it six stars? What is the rating that breaks you? Uh, if I really had to, to quantify it, <laughs> probably probably around one and a half to two. If it's at least a three, then I'm I'm more than likely going to try it. Really? Yeah. Wow, you're very generous. I am very generous. I am. <laughs> I, I think I think I just I invest too much interest in what went into the game and what went into making mm-hmm. it. And I think a lot of that falls back on just being able to have some of the conversations that I have had with some of these developers and some people that are actually in involved in the industry from more of a first person kind of point of view. So I mm-hmm. I'm just i'm such a fan of artistic works and if it's something that appeals to me visually mentally i mean i'm i'm you wanna i want to experience it, it. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense i respect that a lot because i mean you think about it in any creator context if if you know like someone or listen to your podcast paul and they're like i got in the first 15 minutes and i couldn't even finish it i didn't like it how much of that criticism are you really going to take seriously versus someone being like, Hey, I listened to your most recent episode. I don't think it was for me. Um, I really enjoyed this aspect of it, but I didn't like this. That's feedback. You can do something with, you know, right. versus the 15 minute. I fucking hated this, this fucking podcast. This is trash. That's the most common cool. negative review I see on steam. This is garbage or this is trash. Yeah. yeah. Elaborate it's a little so bit. Easy. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool if there was like away from the program a benchmark to where like you have to complete fifty percent of the game to leave a review or something. That would be cool. Yeah. Right. There's a um, filter system. Yeah. It yeah. would be cool. And it doesn't even let you leave the review. And that's why I like a lot of sites now don't let people leave reviews before things release, which is that sounds obvious, right? But that yeah. was a big why issue. Why was that even before. a thing before? Like yeah, who, I don't who decided know. yeah, we'll just let them put reviews as soon as the trailer drops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just flame. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Let's have this review <laughs> our, our short film, not our game. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, it's it's mind boggling. Um, yeah, I, that that sounds fun. Uh, for sure. Uh, dark. Okay, well, check it out. Dark, dark. It might come back around with a Q. Uh, so, dark so, with a Q. so you find the right dark one. Since otherwise, uh, there's did literally no telling right. what game you'll find that happens <laughs> was, to be named dude, Dark. <laughs> I was looking at the game I thought it was Josh, and I was like, Josh would never play this fucking game. What the <laughs> hell? Happened? It looks so bad. It, it sounded interesting to me, actually. I was just like, a vampire? Okay. I just Google Dark with a K. You know, it's someone who didn't want to spend time thinking of an actual title for their video game. Um, no. <laughs> 
They just well, not, just, no, no. Hey, hey, how are, don't could, give them crap yeah. for that. After your whole screed about eh, anyway, was screed about what? Scrooge? No, the, well, um, that too. But anyway, look, I, I, there's a context where they just went with the default name. And sure, it's fine. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm just giving them shit. Um, that's my thing when I always tell people they're assholes on the internet is like I would never to a director's face even if I say even if I dislike a game like it doesn't connect with me I'm I always try to be respectful of that disconnection because I agree there's a um there's very rarely where I'm just gonna slander something unless it's it's very rare and I wouldn't do it to the developer's face I wouldn't go to a forum and tell them their game's gar it's just there's a lot what there's a level of respect that people command, even if you don't like what they're doing. There's just... Video games, to me, the reason I fell in love with them, one of the reasons is I feel like they're one of the most difficult things in the world to make. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about all the programming and the art involved in the music, like, and that's not a slight on... I, I'm not there yeah. with movies being made. I'm not there in, in every form of art. But like, if you just see how video games are made and how much money and how much time and how complex, it's yeah. just insane. You've got to make and, a piece of art... And then hand it to somebody who's going to try to break it. Is yeah, like, yeah. On top of that, yeah. yeah so hadn't considered it that so way. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've always been enamored with how difficult they seem to me. To like my favorite athletes are the ones where I'm like, I can't imagine how they're so fucking good. Like I, no human being should be able to do that, and they can. So I've always been kind of enamored with that sort of stuff. Um, so just a little more respect, I think, is would be nicer. Um, but. A lot of entitled people out there. Paul, have you been playing anything lately? Uh, what have you been playing recently? Uh, well, recently, actually, uh, Supergiant just had this amazing sale on Steam. And oh, yeah. one of my very dear friends, who's actually yes. a, a fellow podcaster, uh, Phoenix OSB, does the Burn podcast on Monday nights. He um, gifted me a copy of Bastion and Transistor. And you had never played those? I had never played those. Wow, weird. And Dude, Bastion is I, one of my favorite games of all time. So good. I can already see why. This The, the mm-hmm. visualizations alone on that game, the art style, is it appeals to me in so many ways. And I'm only maybe 20, maybe an hour into the game, and I, I'm already in love with it. I'm, I'm ready, to, yeah. I'm ready yeah. to get more into that one. Um. <laughs> Now imagine you had played that in 2011. That's 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 how good it was. I can I mean, only yeah, because I had one of my coworkers yeah. from back in Houston just was constantly singing that game's praises, and for good reason, obviously. But um, <laughs> I I had never experienced that. The only experience I had was basically through his eyes and and just mm-hmm. what he was able to describe of it and the music. Holy shit! The games music are... is fucking. Phenomenal. Darren it's like Korb Southern does such an amazing job on all yeah, of their Yeah, it has like this really cool, like Southern yeah. twangy, like steel guitar sound to it. And yeah. the narrator just gives it like this Old West kind of. Fi- I mean, yeah. like Logan like, Cunningham. Dude. Yeah. Don't get yeah. me started. Dude. Yes. <laughs> Dude, seriously, please get started. I would it's, love to, it's like, amazing I would love to sit down and talk the, with you the about evolution this game in of more music and soundtracks. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dude, we can totally sit down and just discuss music sound or game soundtracks if you want. Dude, I would love that. That actually that. happens I'll on take, my podcast. Sorry, uh, I know you did the end of blood. I know you did the end of blood, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it. No, in the blood. Okay, look. And then if you want to talk more about uh, the creator of Bastion, you can go to Shay's podcast, Evoking the Sublime. Uh, <laughs> we could pump both of our pod. No, yeah, that movie. Yeah, great soundtrack for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, Paul. No joke. Sometimes, like. Um, so when I'm teaching in class, like I have to teach 
my Midori class or my special needs kids. And sometimes we're doing activities where they're, I'm letting them work by themselves because I, I don't want to give them sensory overload where I'm like speaking English at them all the time. Like, okay, today we are going to, and they're just like, like looking at me with, you know, deer in the headlights. Look. So sometimes yeah. I give them some work to work on their own. A lot of times I'll put that soundtrack on to Bastion on in the background because it's super relaxing. Oh, that's an amazing nice. idea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see where that'd be uh, therapeutic in a way because yeah, it does have that very good. toned back type of sound to it. And just the level of investment yeah. studios are putting into their game soundtracks nowadays is just mind-boggling. I mean, Scoff Studios has yeah. their entire game catalog worth of soundtracks available on Bandcamp that you can basically yeah. name your own yeah. price mm-hmm. and download full-on soundtracks to enjoy. It's just, it's a really cool time to be a game fan and a music yeah. fan and a fan of artistic works in general because there's so much av- available to us now. Yeah, yeah. dude, I yeah. love, I honestly, I love anyone, and I love that Morgan ended up coming up with this concept to highlight certain aspects of games that don't normally get highlighted and just putting a spotlight on that specific concept is great like i love that he interviews game composers because i feel like a lot of them kind of like they just sit in the background and like that's not the focal point that's not that's not the that those aren't the people that are sexy to talk to when you're doing interviews right so to speak and i'm glad that he highlights them because i feel like they they need to get the credit that they're deserved because there's like you're saying, Paul, so many uh, producers or composers out there putting a ton of work into their soundtracks and they deserve the credit. They really do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, dude, we have a whole symphony tours just for the legend of Zelda and final fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, oh, I yeah, saw it's really... that last year too. Oh, that must've been mind blowing. Yeah, dude, last year, so... The Final Fantasy one, yeah. Yeah, so I had the opportunity, uh, Nobuo Oematsu um, had his orchestra there, and he put on Final Fantasy VII concerts, so they played all of their greatest hits from Final Uh. Fantasy VII. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Don't cry, Shane. Don't cry. For sure. For sure. Like, like, you know the one that got me? Like, I knew Eris' theme would get me, when I heard that, I definitely cried during that, but a little bit, like one or two hundred tears. But um, the one that got me was actually the main, th- uh, the main music that you hear when you're walking out in the world. It was like, I just sat back and it was so nostalgic hearing that music because you don't realize, like, I'm getting fucking teary thinking about it just now, but like, uh, <laughs> like you don't realize how nostalgic music is in video games or movies when you're at a young age. And then to hear that, you know, 20 plus years later reimagined done by the original composer Mm -hmm. was just like, I just sat back and I was like, Oh man, I'm seven years old again. I'm sitting in front of my TV. My parents are still married and I'm sitting there in front of my TV (laughs) with this PS one controller and the CCTV. And I'm playing Final Fantasy VII again for like the second or third time ever in my life. And I'm just out in this world and it's vast and I know nothing about the real world or this world. And it just, it just like hearing that sucked me back in. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. I know that actually specifically uh, with Supergiant, they're going to be putting on a concert at PAX. 
I I'm saw real, that. I'm I know, kind I of really bummed out that I'm not going to be able that, to be obviously. there. I can't, but yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are, those are good games to go back to. Honestly, that super giant collection is. Uh, yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it's a good. Time. I'm I'm definitely I stoked. Play Pyre again, actually. I haven't I haven't tried that one yet. Um, I I'm oh, dude. I am chomping at the bit to get into Hades. <laughs> Like that's the oh, one yeah. that <laughs> they finally added uh, the last zone into it here. Then I need you know yeah I think I, I think I saw something about Josh, that. We need to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it as of the update before this, where they did a lot of little quality of life things, like speeding up the dash and just giving you less animation lock, and it feels really good because that was something I was kind of not a huge fan of at the beginning was that it, it felt too slow paced for what I really wanted. And yeah, is it, it a little more forgiving good. now? Cause I remember it being like insanely hard and like to the point where you're like, uh, um, it's still fairly rough. It's still a pretty tough game, but I think it's more forgiving than it was because you don't get animation locked for that, for, for dashing as much as you used to. And that it makes it feel better. It, it makes it feel like you don't just kind of, avoid one thing and then you're completely stuck in another um which i mean that's it's it's fine for that in some games i mean that's kind of been a thing in like the soul series for forever like if you roll into somebody else's attack you're going to be stuck there and like just planning ahead but in like a really fast paced top down game like it, it does it feels a lot better now so huh. good to know cool all right. Um, so for the last uh, section of the show here, I wanted to um, try something a little different for our show. Um, and you get to be the guinea pig for this, uh, Paul. Just for the last five minutes or here, I've selected four short um, emails that we received. And one reason, not just for tam- uh, tam- <laughs> timestamp purposes, um, you got me again. Um, but just for like the idea, maybe uh, seeing if we could separate some of the listener responses to a certain part of the show. And if they listen back and they feel like it's not natural, then I'll probably never try this again. Um, but I had four, uh, three or four really good responses to the topic of the week that you brought about the independent games, Paul. And I asked them, um, our audience, well, every Thursday at Sword Chomp, I should say more, most Thursdays, I will ask our audience to weigh in on the topic and I'll grab a couple responses I like and read them on the show. We can respond to them. Uh, and I figured maybe you'd like to hear some of these because it was just your idea, Paul. Absolutely. Um, so I asked them about the state of indie games in 2019. And if they have something insightful to say, we could talk about it on the show. The first one here is from Hipster Staffen says, My only worry is that there's an oversaturation of 8 to 16-bit games, and there's a lot of good ones that get lost in the shuffle. Um, which is sort of what I was alluding to earlier with maybe a lot of people look at those 8 to 16-bit art styles and maybe be a little more dismissive of them. Um, it's human nature. And uh, so I thought that was interesting. That was the first one i saw there um but let's let's uh let's jump this one (laughs) this one's gonna be a meteor one um and by the way thank you for everyone who left i there's no way i could read all these even if i wanted to we had a lot of incredible responses and they were beefy this is someone uh called failed everything fail underscore at underscore everything i'm sure they don't failed everything we love you um they said i'm actually an ambassador to indie games when it comes to my friend group i'm finding these days I'll play through an indie game before I play a AAA title because indie games are more inventive nowadays. Um, 
Then you see a game like Rivals of Ether sometimes. Um, might be the wrong spelling. Maybe it's Rivals of Aether or whatever. It's, it's uh, basically like a Smash Brothers kind of ripoff. Um, but it's so much fun. And it's like a team of 20 people made that game. There's a guy who's making an indie game by himself because all the people who approached him wanted to change it to fit it into a mold, and he said, fuck that. And he's making it by himself. Sounds like a lot of indie developers, actually. It looks absolutely amazing. I wish they had given the name for it. Um, so long story short, if you don't have to read it all, <laughs> and I did, indies provide a more creative freedom. Sometimes they stick, sometimes they flop, but they are all made with a different kind of care and love, uh, and that's why I love indies. So that was a very passionate response. I just wanted to leave it. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I love I, that response. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I'll let you go. I just want to say I love that response. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got to agree with the guy uh, or, or whoever that was. Um, there's, it kind of comes back to that artistic freedom that indie developers get. And the, when, when you do get the guy that does break off and just say, fuck it, I'm going to make my own game. And it ends up being this passion project that turns into something very lucrative. And I think that level of passion comes across more in those indie games than it does in a AAA title, because it is mm -hmm. a fewer number of people, possibly even one person who's just, you know, putting all this time and money and the blood, sweat and tears, so to speak, into this, into this project. So it definitely comes across more from the indie level in my, in my opinion, uh, than it does for more of like the mainstream titles, even if some of these indie titles do end up becoming more mainstream down the line. Yeah, I agree. And I have a devil's advocate kind of response here as well. Um, let's go. But first, Time Lord Burrito said, um, is it insightful to say that indies have been more impressive and desirable to me than AAA titles? Um, I couldn't say, I don't speak in absolutes, but that's crazy to hear that they're generally just more enamored with the... Well, like Josh, did you write that? Really? Is that you, Josh? <laughs> Sorry. I um, could have. Um, I mean, not as a, not as, not as a rule, but as a general sentiment. Yeah, a lot of the time, the ones that feel like they have something specific to say generally come out of the indie studios, because uh, a lot of times they are just. And I, the idea of a person or of just a small team that they, they just, they want to get out there. Uh, and sometimes Would you guys, yeah, easier Sorry. to just grab onto. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, I mean, look, that's, uh, I love to see that enthusiasm. Okay. Two, uh, here's a devil's advocate kind of thing. Uh, Reverend underscore rock and roll said, I love me some Indies, but we need to stray away from the run-based games and the generic pixel art displays. Also, any side-scrolling action games need to hold themselves to the Dead Cells standard of their combat. Jump and Slash don't cut it anymore. Games like Transistor and Bastion need to keep coming. Weird that he mentioned those. We were just right? Yeah. So he's saying he feels like there's a stagnation, it sounds like, within the um, popular maybe indie games. Uh, do you think there's truth there? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of truth there. Uh, not a lot, but a little bit. I think yeah. that... I mean, it's hard to say as a rule again, because there's yeah. so many people making them. Right, and that's, that's the thing yeah. I was going to say. Because there are so many people making them, some people are going to want to pay homage to their favorite games, or their games of their childhood. For a lot of people, that was, for example, going off of the Reverend's example, uh, <laughs> the a lot of those games going off the <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, sorry. 
Mm-hmm. So because the, a lot of those were Metroidvania games, that there are going to be a lot of side-scrolling games, and there there are going to be a lot of hack slash games, and some people are going to be limited by their ability to code or create, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. should there should there be a certain standard that they're held to? I don't know about that because in that that in effect is limiting the creativity of people. That is limiting the output, which we don't ever want to do that. We don't want to limit the output in general unless it's like you know we're limit like what was that there's some game that was banned on steam earlier this year or that it should have been banned on steam like some like some racist game i can't remember now it happened a few months ago there's some racist ass game on steam that wasn't banned that probably should have been banned like that kind of shit yeah that that should have a standard you know like something that is like infringing upon like not necessarily the human condition. I don't know exactly how to word it right now. But anyways, you get the point. You get the point. As long as it's not heinous or egregious, then no, I don't think there should there should be a standard that we're holding it to because then game there are going to be games that aren't created as a result. Someone's going to see it as like, oh, well, that's a lot of constraints for me to make a game. And that's in effect what a studio does. We don't want to be putting constraints on our indie developers. If we so get the want same... to see creative ideas, yeah, we're gonna just get more of the same if we do that. Because right, it's I mean, gonna have the like, opposite effect. He's he's specifically talking about you know so many of these games having you know just barely passable combat and stuff like that. If if, if like that's the standard, we're gonna end up with a bunch of games that sure they might have good combat, but like, do we need a bunch of you know, side-scrolling action games with, like, that being the only focus? Like, there's there are other games you can make out there, and sometimes passable combat mm-hmm. is it's a means to an end. what you're trying yeah. to do. Um, Maybe, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Less that's of an industry standard, more of a cultural standard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, this is uh, the last one or two here. This is a good one. Um, let's see here. This refers to exactly what we're talking about. Tyson Soros two eight one four said it's too hard to find high quality indie games and too hard to make an indie game stick out in the endless sea of releases on different platforms. To which exactly what I said earlier. To which listen to the Chomp Cast and we will guide you, my friend. We will into the everyone just chant into the breach. Into the breach. Into the breach. Into the breach. That's what yeah. me and Fish chant before we make love to our wives. Into the brie. <laughs> Into the brie. Learning so much about you guys. Into Fish got married last weekend? <laughs> Sorry, I was feeling nostalgic. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, look. He's got the vintage Fish. jokes this week. It only makes I mean, sense if you've been here for a long time and also forget what year it is. <laughs> Fish, I believe that you're going to be able to quit mm-hmm. vaping because you quit sex and you've been doing a great job. So. Yeah. Hey. That was a pretty good one, I thought. Uh, that yeah, was a better uh, joke. Uh, well, yeah. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm offended. And yet, I'm also, you know, a little happy. That you, uh, it's, you know, it was better day. because it was more hurtful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, no. Unfortunately, at Fish's expense. Who needs decks anyway? Um, Let's see here. This is the very... L- 
I think that's a good way to end it. Uh, a lot of good ones because that sort of comes full circle on the show and what we were talking about. So uh, thank you for dropping an email. So there's some very impassioned thoughts there about indie games. And of course, uh, Paul, I wanted to tell people where they can find you. Uh, sick boy. Um, I mean, that's a very, sounds a little sick. So how can you make, how can we make, what's the sick boy mean? What's the sick, where does that come from? It's Why actually a, uh, a little bit of a nod to one of my favorite punk rock bands in uh, Social Distortion. Uh, a lot of their album covers and merchandise has this skeleton-like figure that's holding a martini glass with this really suave-looking, uh, wide-brim, almost mobster-type hat. And he, okay, his okay. name, the character's name is Sick Boy. And so that's just kind of gotcha. like my nod back to the old glory days of punk rock. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been wondering what your name meant. Yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I was happy to get you on the show. I was like, oh man, I'm fi- like, I'm finally gonna understand what what the name or what the name means, what the story behind it is. The music has played such a significant part of my life, and. I, I I chased the dream for a very long time in pursuing a music career, and I played drums in a variety of bands for feels like twenty plus years at least. And right. you know that obviously didn't go the way that I wanted, but I got a lot of amazing experiences out of it. I got exposed to some legendary bands and some just amazing music from the local scene back in Houston and uh, other bands that my friends would introduce me to and, and things of that nature. So when I got started into this whole content creation business, I was constantly just feverishly looking for a way to include music into that and just keep that as a, a focal point as, a, to some degree. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. That's really yeah. cool. Thanks. I, Chase the dream. Yeah, I like that a lot. Our, our, in there, our our origin story is not near that cool. So that's really cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, me and Shay chased the dream for a very short while until we realized uh, it was a dead end of <laughs> chasing. But it was still yeah. fun. Um, that's a that's a wound that still stays a little bit open for me, and it probably will for the rest of my life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. Uh, and like every time I see a a band, that's one reason why I do. like appreciate a lot of the more local or smaller bands uh there's that whole blood sweat and tears type of mindset and you know they're they're moving so much further in their careers than i ever did it does rub a little bit of salt into that open wound but at the Mm -hmm. same time it's they just refuse to give up they're like we're gonna grind this till fucking i'm dead man (laughs) you're gonna peel me off the stage yeah exactly and and you know that's that's the mentality you have to have if you're gonna make a music career work in the early days you know because much like streaming that ocean is very deep uh as far as yeah. like the amount of artists that you can find with within any genre or subgenre, subgenres are infuriating, but they, you know, we got to slap these little micro labels on everything. You can't just call it for what it is and just call it good music, but whatever. <laughs> That's a, mm-hmm. a personal sting. Wow. He's yeah. taking him out of dark road. Here. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so where can people find dark road you? is a different uh, genre. I was Let's alluding see. to no, earlier. It's... Can they, uh, people can, can they find your live shows, <laughs> your live podcast? People can travel that dark road and uh, find me anywhere on the internet, on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, at SickBoy21, and SickBoy is spelled with a one to keep me from any copyright infringements. Um, and you can find me on Twitch, at SickBoy21, 
You can catch me on Mixer at the Sick Boy Lounge with underscores in between the words. And you can find me on YouTube. I do multicast my podcast. Um, podcasting is just such a, a wide medium that I try and get as much reach as I possibly can. So you can catch three different versions of the video if you want to do uh, participate into the live show. I do try and incorporate the chat as much as I can. Um, people are wanting to weigh in on topics and conversations. And I don't predetermine what topics are my my show is very conversational more long-form discussions so whatever happens to come across the topic at that point is just what's going to be discussed and it gives me an it's opportunity like a jam band. whatever you know, just kind of go with the flow <laughs> yeah yeah my wife has actually equated it to if joe rogan talked to streamers and gamers instead of scientists and comedians oh there you go yeah there you go oh, so uh have you ever tried dmt <laughs> i love it yeah no i haven't though but yeah Maybe seriously uh not to, say that, not to say that i wouldn't but no i haven't um i'm not sure if i really want to open up those those cabinets in my brain just yet cool yeah, well right? uh appreciate you being here paul it's been a lot of fun oh yeah, this is an amazing dude, time thank you here. so much for having me this was awesome thank you thank you thank you thank you um yeah, we, if you'd awesome, like dude. If you'd like to support us, you can always go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Speaking of which, Shay. Really quickly, um, we've been talking about it all month. Word of the month. I've said it at least three times in this episode. And um, hopefully you catch it at this point. So if you don't know what word of the month is, it's a new thing we're trying. Uh, slip a special word in the podcast. If you guess it correctly, you get a gift a gifted uh, VIP status for one month to the Patreon. That means you get access to the shoutouts, the secret super awesome polls on patreon.com slash swordchomp, and you get access to the even doubly more secret Instagram page where you get looks um, at behind-the-scenes footage, uh, behind-the-scenes stories or jokes, whatever the case may be. Um, so you get up to access to up to the $5 tier for free. All you have to do is DM us at the Instagram or the Twitter, or you can email us at swordchomp at gmail.com. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I was like, does that sound right? Um, yeah, it's a, you had to double check it. Right, 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 in my mind. But yeah, just if you get the word correctly, we will give you a free $5 uh, Patreon tier. And if you're already a VIP member, you can gift it to someone else that you think will like the show. Or, if you want to keep it for yourself, we'll pay for you for one month to be the VIP status. And, because, you know, I said it at least three times in this show, I'm going to be even nicer and give you an even better hint. Because we're getting towards the end mm. of the month. It starts with the letter G. Wow. Dropping bombs. Wow. All right. G. Um, I already kind of alluded to these, but you can go to um, search Evoking the Sublime and wherever you get podcasts, or you can also search for uh, In the Blood. Uh, those are the two shows me and Shay do. One we interview composers and one we interview creators in the gaming industry. So check those out. Probably don't highlight those enough, but we don't get to update them as much as we would like. We do them as much as we can. Uh, hopefully as we grow we can get more interviews it's been a lot of fun um, I want to thank uh, again Paul for being here Fish for joining us 
Josh from Michigan, Shay all the way from Japan. It's been a fun one, and we'll see you next week for an all new Chompcast. I'ma take my dick. You'll tell the <laughs> 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 You missed, you guys laughed, you missed the end, dude.